Good morning, friends. I'm Sister Annie, and you're listening to the Boy Howdy Podcast. This is my compatriot brother, Bill. Ah, wake up, motherfuckers! That's right, give praise <laughs> for your can of soda, Bill. What? Why you sound so different? What's wrong with you? Why, over the last couple of weeks, I've gone through a spiritual awakening. Oh no, I was wondering why you showed a dress like a hippie. Bill, I found, I found a new faith. Yeah? I'm so excited. Is your faith, is it, is it no longer Lego? No, I found a new church. Mega blocks? My lord and savior is a wonderful creature. Oh and no. Oh unfortunately, no. the police came and made me leave my <laughs> televised altar, but it, I carry her in my heart, and of course I can worship on my portable device because Uh-oh. other aspirants have illegally uploaded her works to YouTube. I can Who absorb is? the holy gospel of Lucy Worsley. Oh no! At any time. Should you pronounce it Lucy Worsley? Have you? You're you're familiar with <laughs> my 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 dearest friend. You edited Lucy the show Worsley. notes, and so I was like, "Who the hell is Lucy Worsley?" And I looked it up last night, and I actually watched like an hour of Lucy Worsley. Lucy last Worsley night. is she is the pretty most chill, amazing human being. <laughs> I love her. Well, for a minute, I thought you were talking about Lucy Nisley, and I was like, Lucy Nisley is is a special person. Don't Lucy Nisley is a cartoonist, yeah. But, but Lucy Worsley is, of course, a historian who is um, a curator at uh, in 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 the UK. Oh, she's um, a curator. She is a curator. I thought she was she, a ter- uh, just a television person. She works for the uh, an organization that uh, is for the preservation of uh, historic buildings in oh, okay. the UK, and um, <laughs> she has, as Bill mentioned, yes. I really appreciate Holy how you're taking this NPR voice go. Yeah, you're not fucking around. Of television, <laughs> Bill, I take this very seriously. You're chill. You had a life awakening. You're I different now. Have watched so much Lucy Worsley, and I love. You her are so wearing much. the biggest, weirdest hat as we're recording this. You know, one of the things I love about her is that she is so game and so personable. She she does a series of programs that are all about various moments in history. Um, uh, the first spe- ser- one of the first series that she did is really wonderful, and it's called "If These Walls Could Talk," uh-huh. and it's about the history of various homes or various rooms in the home. So, like, there's an episode on the kitchen, there's an episode on the bedroom, there's an episode on the living room, and there's an episode just on, the on a general human level, not just like English homes. It's and specifically stuff. they're all with the British. Which makes sense, it's you know. all for BBC Four. Yeah. So, um, uh, but it's really great because she talks about like the development of the toilet and how you know, and and how the kitchen be- went from being part of a common space to a private space to mm-hmm. a very private space removed from the dining rooms where no one could smell any of the cooking because that was gauche and uh, all of this stuff and it's her approach is so personable she focus, focuses so much on the human elements of, that, that, that changed history and she herself is so game she believes strongly in being in the places that shaped history and reenacting things that people did so like for example in the um the bathroom episode like she goes and she does like an edwardian toilets where like she does her makeup and wears a wig and all this and what is an edwardian like what's what do you shit in bill. an edwardian bathroom <laughs> they, they often still use chamber pots the way that episode starts is her in like some sort of regency not regency area it's like restoration era dress is standing and she's like i bet you're wondering how <laughs> with all these clothes how you would go to toilets and she this is how this episode opens she has a small pot that's like looks like a gravy boat that she bends over lifts her skirts tucks up between her legs and stands up and she just looks at the camera and says and no one knows what i'm doing (laughs) and that's the start of this episode she is so gay
game and so charming and so interested in connecting with history on a personal level yeah. and on a human level. It's Anyone who's so going to introduce good. the show by saying, hey, I'm essentially wearing a I'm, shit chimney. I'm pissing right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is literally how this episode starts. There's a part of that same episode where she talks about bathing yeah. and she talks about like how, you know, what you would go to the coast to bathe in the sea, right? Yeah. And so she she's wearing this bathing gown, which is this white linen gown with weights on the bottom so that it wouldn't rise up. Yeah. And she's sitting there and she's like, I'm drinking, uh, here's this glass of restorative drink that they would have the ladies drink when you came here, which is seawater, tartar sauce, and cream. And she takes a sip. So at that point, it's fucking dishwater with salt in it. She takes a sip and she's like, wow, that tastes like sick. (laughs) Dumps it out. (laughs) She spit. She has to like gather her her dress so that she doesn't spit on her cloak. And then she's like, well, I'm off. She wanders off into the ocean and splashes her around. And this is the special. She's so Well, it's great that she's actually a scientist about this stuff. She's not just like a television personality, but she just happens to be someone who actually knows about this stuff, but is also just super personable. Yeah, she's so personable. And as Bill alluded, she does have a slight speech impediment she has kind of like the elmer fudd speech impediment where her r's become w's so that's the funny thing so like you, you made note that you're going to talk about uh lucy worsley today and so i looked her up on youtube and the first thing mm-hmm. they came up was she has this new series called empire of the czars yeah that just aired in january which it's all about her going to russia with the romanoff yep. to talk about the yeah. revolution there she... and she's like the last in the ocean and believe it or not she actually had a speech therapist that worked with her on oh, yeah. that series I mean, she's intelligible but it's, it's charming it adds it, to her it shtick does. yeah it's it kind of it's, it's a barbara walters quality where yeah. she's completely understandable but that's yeah. part of her just her shtick yeah but she's just she's so compelling I, they're all on youtube that empire of the czar series is on youtube yeah watch the first hour really of that last night which good. i only caught a little glimpse of her personality and there's a well she's she's cute throughout the whole thing but she's not doing like all the dressing up like you mentioned yeah. except for one part she does where a they, little bit she does talk about how uh what peter the great had uh changed everyone's clothing styles yeah. to be more western at some yeah. point and so she's in a like costume and this yeah. other guy she's hanging out with her in costumes and they're changing costumes and that yeah. I could see a little bit of that yeah there she that, has that's, one that's, that's called I think cha- tales from the royal wardrobe mm-hmm. that is her talking about the changing fashions of various periods of English history and how it reflected aspects of um, the changing court and the changing country mm-hmm. she has I think that one's on Netflix and there's another one on the on Netflix it's actually the first one I saw called I think tales from the royal bedchamber that's about exactly what it sounds like it's like the private rooms is the bed chamber where the bed is or is that where you shit it, where the bed is. Oh, okay, But I mean, okay. for a long time, that was also so where you That's what I was going to say. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, she talks... That's one of the things... That was what I mo- was most memorable about it, because she talks about the... Because I keep on thinking... The, the, what is it called? The servant of the stool, who is literally the person who would wipe the king or queen's ass. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was Which the totally most... Makes... It was the most... One of the most desired positions, because you were in private with the royalty. Yeah, you can't get any more private And you could ask favors. Because I, I keep on even thinking back in I'll the day. I'll only wipe your butt if. Because <laughs> you would think that even though you're using chamber pots and stuff like that, you think you would still have at least a separate room. Yeah. Just just for scents and smells and sights, especially if you've got a wife or like, well, honey. Well, you'd have, you'd have the servant and remove it immediately. It's not like there's a shit like sitting in your room. I know, but still, like, you like, just or, like, you know, sometimes you would. You just, just roll just, right out of bed and just shit right, like, you're still talking, hey, time. wife, I'm sorry for this, but, uh, But what's really splat. cute, in Tales of the Bedchamber, or, in, 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 excuse me, in If These Walls Could Talk, on the bathroom one, she talks about how, I apologize, I'm forgetting during which, which era of British history, it was not, you, one did not bathe, 
one merely changed one's base layer of linen okay. every day. Yeah. Like that, you had to have, cri- I think it was Elizabethan era, actually. You had to have crisp white linens as your base layer. You would change that every day. And so she, for a week, stops bathing and just does that. And it's yeah. so cute because she does, there's like half the show is like her talking at her webcam, talking about how much she misses her toothbrush and she misses bathing. And because for that week, she, she does like, she does Elizabethan. Yeah, like, the whole hygiene. She does regimen, like, yeah. uh, she has a stick and she uses like salt and like all these other things to brush her teeth. Yeah. And she's like, it's just so cute. She's so game. That's the thing. She's so game and passionate and I love her. <laughs> Bill, I love her with all my heart. She has a series that I'm trying to find now She's called Reigns of Power. Like I that. absolutely am. She has a Twitter and it's really cute. I followed her and the day after I followed her, it was, she retweeted someone saying, they're not paying attention. That's a picture of someone's cat w- w- sitting by the television while Lucy was <laughs> And the thing is, is that she's just such a normal person. Like her hair, like sometimes her hair is messy and like, she's just so cute and so charming. She's kind of like a slightly older lady who just, she's actually pretty chill. She's not like wacky about this shit, but she's super funny and just kind of relaxed and personable. Like I just, I love her and I love her approach to history so much. She, uh, she has one called Reigns of Power. That's about, yeah, she's mostly an author. In fact, most of her, a few of her series are based off books that she wrote. Like, If These Walls Could Talk is a book. And I really want to get her book Cavalier, which is about William Cavendish. Okay. And I, we're watching a series right now, and there's a terrible version of it on YouTube, like really bad. It's like cropped in and um, has a vignette filter around it. Oh, yeah, because so they're trying to avoid copyright stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's really hard to watch, but it's called Harlot's... Harlots, Housewives, Housewives and, and Heroines. heroines. Yeah. And it's about women during the 17th century and how that was, as she says in the intro, she's like, you think the 1960s were swinging. Well, it was the 1660s that were really shaking things up for women. And it's really <laughs> cute. She's so cute. I love her. Well, just even the Empire Czar's thing, I said, because she's pointing out this big statue of like, Peter the Great that you yeah. erected in the middle of Red Square. And yeah. she's like, oh, but look, there's a bigger name than Peter's on this. It's Catherine the Great. Yeah. Does she think she's greater than Peter? Watch him find out. <laughs> and that's like the end of the episode. She's but it's still so just kind cute. of a funny, like, she's so sweet. Yeah. I, lo- I am. I. She is. Anyone who can take history and just make it fun and without yeah. being kind of too. Well, it's just cute. My philosophy to history and the reason why I love history is I love the human stories. You know, yeah. I love that you can learn about someone 3,000 years ago and relate to them. Mm-hmm. You know, like that to me is what is fascinating about history. And um, what I love about history, they're just human stories. And uh, she really focuses on that. And that is why she is. My everything. <laughs> well, that's the thing when you're doing history stuff, especially if you're if, if it's being produced and written by you, everything's being filtered through your personality. So yeah. you better have a fun personality. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, Ken Burns stuff is interesting, but Ken Burns is also kind of like yeah. I Ken Burns. Yeah, it's, so it's very always like that. Sta- which there's nothing wrong with that. To but me. That, I find it to be very distant and yeah. n- clinical is the wrong word because he does focus on human voices and human experiences. But it's all very but, studied and very kind of reserved. And it's and, it, there's kind of like an arm's length yeah. to it. Oh, also, he's not actually on camera, though, right. whereas this lady's actually... Yeah, this is she's telling you herself the history of everything. 90... Like, I would say... Pro- I actually really like how they're filmed and edited, too. It's yeah. very... It's but just very even nice as a presented. writer, your voice but as a writer and editor exactly. and producer things, that's also... Yeah, Almost that, every yeah. shot, she is on camera talking to you directly. And yeah. it's just it's just very compelling. I just she's, fucking love... Have you ever seen Rick Steves? Uh, he's he not a historian, stuff, but right? he, yeah, he does like the European tour yeah. stuff. 
but like he's super dopey but it's kind of fun to watch him because he's such a galoot but yeah. like like where can i show you where all the coolest places in holland are but yeah. it's like it's, it's so much about his sure. personality yeah. it's not even as much as what you're learning yeah. as much as yeah i'm really obsessed with Lucy Worsley. Worsley. And... how did you find out about her um i well i had seen tales from the royal bedchamber because okay. it was on netflix and i remember liking it but she had kind of yeah like i remember i really liked her but i didn't really pursue anything else but i asked on twitter like maybe a week or two ago because i've been really depressed that's why i've been not been on the podcast uh spoilers i did not join a lucy Worsley cult though i may as well have yeah well, you um, really did yeah you're <laughs> uh, but Aww. uh the um i asked on twitter uh do y'all have any historical documentaries that you recommend? Because um, it's Netflix actually has bupkis right now. It's really bad. They have that excellent Egypt series. Netflix is getting it. worse all the time, though. Yeah. Just, even with the doc, because like everyone's complaining about how they're losing all really good movies and TV shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like even like the good thing and documentaries and things like that, it's just. I, I think people have like relearning the value of their content yeah. and they're kind of keeping it from yeah. YouTube and trying to keep it on their own like uh, social. This is the thing I went on around yeah. last week because it sounds like good. Uh, the people who make Star Trek are about to pull Star Trek from Netflix and Amazon Prime and stuff so like that. So it can that. go on CBS. Yeah, exactly. And so this kind of like a little bit like, yeah, so yeah. like even like they have fucking fun history documentaries are getting yeah. harder to find. So yeah, what, what, what was the Egyptian thing that you found? Uh, oh, I talked about it on the podcast a while ago. There's a series called Egypt on Netflix. That was like a month ago. Which I already yeah. forgot. Yeah. I know, yeah. It's easy to overlook Which, because the cover doesn't look very good. But yeah. It's really and you have good. never had liked Egyptian stuff it's in the past. It's because it focuses on the human element. Well, so much of Egyptian history is like, I am a pharaoh and yeah. I built this. And it's very. Or about the God stuff, which, if you're not into that stuff, I like or the archaeology. But... but it's all so important personal and mm-hmm. it's not it's all it's about being greater than man the human stories being told human. about egyptian history is almost always about these godlike fairs and they're never very exactly yeah. yeah so that that's why i've struggled with it and the reason why i love this egypt series is that it is about the archaeology mm-hmm. of uh like the discovery of all these ancient is- h- egyptian things and focusing on those people who made the discoveries we're gonna talk about so, mummies later too right? mummy oh god i we know got, what we're gonna talk about i have we got some choice news about mummy relations uh, anyway uh anyway i'm talking a lot uh lucy worsley <laughs> is amazing that was good highly recommend if these walls could talk on netflix um it's all very very british focused uh an anglo-centric perspective but it's very fascinating uh the empire of the czar series that bill talked about just here in the uk like in january but it is currently all on youtube yeah somebody wrote it it's not official too it's like some lady i need to actually like download rando. it because i don't imagine it'll be up there for long i noticed a lot of the stuff that is on there on youtube that is her stuff has been up there for less than a month mm. so i think the bbc is pretty vigilant about this i gotta uh I gotta yeah because i even shit. tried to like i looked in the internet dumpsters and i couldn't I find much too. of her stuff so i'm just saying i, I, I would imagine it would be on itunes although well, actually that only might be only in itunes in the uk yeah exactly like i the tales from the royal bedchamber is there and tales from uh, the uh, royal wardrobe. Tweet at her directly and say, can I just pay you Dear money Lucy. directly? Can you just mail me some DVDs? <laughs> like, can I just, like, I'll throw you, some, I'll throw you an extra tip. I I, yeah. may, I, I I am in love with Lucy Worsley. My yeah. wife has a big crush on Lucy Worsley. She's and, cute. Yeah, she's uh, cute as a bud. I need to buy her books. Aww. But anyway, uh, that's what I've been yeah, up that's, to. That's a really good thing to do, especially if you're kind of, like, bombed out and depressed. Like, that's yeah. kind of a nice, like, it's it's to have, like, a kind of a soothing voice like that and also, like, a window in, in with the history and kind of put your own shit in the perspective a little bit like and she's like a she whole... feels like a friend yeah. like lucy worsley i genuinely there are some people in this world where you're like 
I admire and respect this person and I never want to meet them so that it's not disrupted. Because, you know, a lot of a lot of times your heroes are not necessarily good people. Yeah. And uh, But Lucy Worsley, God, I want to hang out with Lucy See, Worsley. some people like that were, even if I think they're going to be cool, my relationship with it as, as like an like a, like a, for a TV friend, yeah. I don't want to disrupt by even meeting them because <laughs> I put them on such a high pedestal right. that like... No, they're not allowed to be in real life. And if I meet them, I'm like tearing apart the fabric of space time reality right. just by even like being in the same room with them. It feels weird. Right. Like they like they just they're just a head on the TV. Like, <laughs> feels like they should belong or something. I want like to that. have a pint with Lucy Worsley. She you makes some sort of yeah. joke in one of the episodes about how because um, she's reading this old document about how women are are have terrible morals because they'd rather be in the public house than the home. Yeah. And she's like, well, I, then I'm a terrible woman because <laughs> that's where I am. And I'm like, I need to find her pub and just hang out there. <laughs> <laughs> just so I can quote unquote accidentally meet God Lucy damn, like, that is super cute. Uh, anyway, Bill, what have you been up to while I've Man, been doing a cult? I accidentally finished the Venture Brothers last night. So did huh? I tell you about how I was? Because it's been a couple of weeks since the last time we talked. I yeah. decided I was gonna uh, finally try to keep, catch up with the Venture Brothers before sure. the new episode aired last week, which I didn't quite do. Uh, new, uh, uh, brand new season six episode of the Venture Brothers aired last Sunday. I only got to like the like I think I had just finished season four because mm-hmm. uh, like years ago I'd gotten about halfway through season three but stalled out. But I did finally you know manage to like finish the rest the other ten episodes like before the new episode. It was great because Jimmy and Conley came over last Sunday. We watched it live because I give oh, nice. on Sling yeah. TV you could just yeah. watch it directly through there so we sure. watched it actually even before it was super live because uh, Sling TV shows you all the stuff as it's airing on the east coast oh. and so we got to watch it even three hours before it even aired uh, here on the on wow. the west coast and uh, but still then I went back and, and finished the rest of season four and five uh, yeah I didn't realize season five is like six episodes so I was just like I happened to be watching Hulu in bed last night and I just mm-hmm. got like one episode ended and it was just like you have completed watching the Venture Brothers. Now watch Rick and Morty. And I'm like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. And I had to look up the episode guide and go like, oh yeah, I guess I did accidentally finish eating all the Venture Brothers. <laughs> I technically like, I got caught up late last night. Yeah. Venture Brothers is cute. Yeah. It's a cute show. Yeah. I, flipped, I freaked out about this on last week's episode with uh, Daniel. But no, yeah, the Venture... Have you seen all the Venture Brothers? No. I stopped watching... It was kind of like the apex of Dr. Girlfriend and the Monarch was what I stopped watching. They, they come back uh-huh. because I think it's... They kind of disappear. I think their towards... wedding is one of the last episodes I saw. Yeah, because that's when they kind of disappear for a while. Yeah. I mean, they're still around. They're in every episode, technically, yeah, I think just I in some capacity. I a couple episodes after that, and I lost But there's this. a whole thing about how Doc- or the Monarch stops being the arch and nemesis of, uh-huh. of um, the Venture Brothers. And instead, it's like this guy named Sergeant Hatred who ends up becoming... Yes. Yeah, I saw the Sergeant Hatred stuff a little bit. Yeah. And I remember Johnny Quest showed up as a coked out weirdo. And yeah. they did this weird thing with the boys, like the clothes. And that's that was like exactly where I picked that, up again. That was where I stopped. I was like, <laughs> I was well, I, I, like it's 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 funny too because so at a certain point Brock, yeah, he ends up leaving. Yeah, uh, he stops being being the boys' protector. He goes off and does his own thing, and then Sergeant Hatred, who would who is yeah. just the, the the team ventures arch nemesis, takes over as the protector of the team. But he's a pedophile. Yeah, and all I that, heard, see, that was the thing. All the pedophile jokes, I just couldn't. It's funny because actually, it's oh, it's funny because. Actually, the pedophile jokes kind of dry up after a while. It actually becomes about Sar- Sergeant Hatred trying to deal with his pedophilia a little yeah. bit. It's not like a joke every five minutes, no, but I it's know. enough when it gets brought up, it's actually brought up as a character thing and not yeah. just like, oh, am I 
don't rape the boys. Someone yeah. stop me. So it's, it wasn't as bad as I've heard people say. It wasn't sure. just pedophile well, joke after pedophile but joke. But it's one it of those was... things where it's like, if you're sensitive to that issue, that but is it's, not a very inclusive But thing. it is like a long joke built on the idea that he's protecting these boys and he wants to fuck See, small that's, children. That's the thing. That's yeah, just... it is. Yeah, it's. But I was raised it... Catholic. Pedophilia is not a funny joke to me. It's not a fun punchline. It wasn't as bad as I was anticipating. Let's sure. Put it that way. And which is funny because in the first episode of season six, the new one that aired last week starts with Brock replacing. He essentially comes back to his old job and the, and Sergeant Hedrick gets uh, kicked out. So you can come back now. Mm-hmm. No more pedophile jokes, at least yeah. for the time being. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because like when I first uh, the episode when I when I picked up the the series again, it was right when Brock left. So uh, technically, I could have just not watched the Venture Brothers at all <laughs> and been like, wait, Vent- Brock ever left? What the hell's going on? But yeah. Yeah, the animation's really good. The music is fantastic. Yeah, voice acting is. Doctor Girlfriend's the best character. Doctor Girlfriend is such a good. It is. I mean, she's. I mean, she. She's the only character in the whole show that makes any sense. That has any like. She's the only one with any sense. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And but she's also like like I don't know. It's just fucking. It's just that's. I don't know. Let's put that out there. I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Um, man. Yes. Go ahead. We'll take turns. Uh, I, uh, last, uh, it was my birthday on Tuesday. Happy birthday. I, yeah. Happy birthday uh, I we can celebrated it. We can sing on this uh, on the podcast. It's royalty free. <laughs> that's that's true. We can sing it for now. You. Um, it was my birthday. And for my birthday. How old did you turn? I turned 87. <laughs> Wait, because you were born in. I, Bill. What year Bill, is it? Bill, I lo- uh, say repeatedly, I don't like to give salient characteristics about myself. You were born podcast. in Salem, Massachusetts in 1979. That's correct. Um, I, I was going to say, I thought you were 30, but you're not 30. I am not 30. I am not north of 30. I'm a 30 something. Are you now? I am. I've been North 30 for a while now. <laughs> oh, God, it freaks me out. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> well, I used to be the 30-year-old hanging out the 20-year-olds. Yeah. Now, now I'm the 40-year-olds hanging out the 30-year-olds, uh-huh. which is no longer Eight weird. time fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was the Sergeant Hatred for the longest time. <laughs> oh, the Sergeant Hatred grows tits? <laughs> I vaguely remember that, too. I remember Hank? That. The blonde venture brother. I know which one Hank is. tits? Because he gets stuck in a late in a female robot gyno suit? So he's got, there's a, the fourth season of the Venture Brothers is very much into, isn't it funny if dudes get tits? <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Anyway, go ahead. Um, fuck, what was I talking about? <laughs> For my birthday, we, Foley yeah. and I both had a wild hair to watch Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. <sighs> so we went out and. Why? Any particular reason? Just wild hair. I think we'd been playing, um. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Okay. Foley got me Rise of the Tomb Raider for Christmas, and we finally cracked into it. And uh, it, we've just been talking a lot about it's adventure to go back stuff. To, I guess it makes sense to go back to Indiana Jones, but Last Crusade, any particular reason? Why? Well, I don't know. We just were like both like, let's watch for Last Crusade. Like, I think a lot of people consider that to be the best one. That's kind of their that fault. was always my favorite. And I realized though, I have not seen it. I think since I was a teenager. Yeah. And, and ironically, I remember one of my birthdays when I was in high school. I had a pulp adventure birthday where we watched a bunch Aww. of pulp adventure movies, and one of them was uh, we watched both Raiders and Last Crusade. Do you remember what else you watched? Uh, I think just... Rocketeer. Oh, that's a good mix. Okay, can't remember what else. Yeah. Anyway, that's a good triple feature for a sleepover. Though, um. Right? Uh. The I I had forgotten all of that movie except for the temple. I had forgotten 
everything else. And I vaguely remembered the goofs with the fireplace. I vaguely remembered that. It goes on for a little bit, too. I forgot yeah. how much of a fucking cartoon that movie is. Like, it is an actual cartoon. I have mellowed to Last Crusade because uh-huh. I was super bummed when that movie came. I didn't really dislike it. It was a new Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, it was yeah, good. Yeah. But it was a little too cartoony. Such Even the soundtrack's, cartoon. like, very kind of wah, wah, wah. Yeah. It has yeah. to be. And it's got some terrible special effects. <laughs> like, when they're on the airplane, the blue screen looks yeah. like some fucking Nickelodeon afternoon <laughs> bullshit. Uh, <laughs> they're about to get gacked. I'm trying to think, because, like, you have the rats. But there's all the tank. that All that tank all stuff, the tank stuff is really good. You've got the bad lady yeah. who sleeps with both yep. guys. Yep. They're, they're uh, Eskimo <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah weird. It, but I mean, once you go with the goofs, it's kind of great. Like, there's you a great Hitler joke. <laughs> <laughs> the stupidest Hitler joke. <laughs> Should have shut it to the Marx Brothers. <laughs> yeah, this whole like a little castle adventure. The thing is, there's there's like, zoo animals. Yeah, there's, zoo- there's that whole opening sequence of the River Phoenix. Is such a co- where, where he meets the dude who dresses like Indiana who's Jones. just like Indiana, fake Indiana Jones. Oh but my god, it's, it's but like it's so great because uh, it's Harrison Ford and Sean Connery are only like twelve years apart. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's still like, it's, yeah, yeah. Sean Connery when like cause when that came out, I thought, oh, Sean Connery, he's such an old man, but like he's mm-hmm. like he's like twenty years younger than than Harrison Ford was in the last Indiana Jones yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. But Sean Connery is so game in that movie. Like, he's so, he's so totally into it. Yeah. And Harrison Ford is so game, too. It's like you're just watching it, and it's just ridiculous. Harrison Ford loves Indiana. <laughs> it was just funny because Harrison Ford hates Han Solo. Yeah. I've never understood yeah. why he fucking despises Han Solo, but loves it. Because they're the same they're character. The same except one is real in our timeline. The other one's a space cowboy uh-huh. in another galaxy a long time they're ago. They're both goofs. Well, yeah, like, and he plays them the same. It's yeah. not like one's like, he's like, hey, I'm Han Solo. And, yeah. No, it's... Foley and I were talking about it afterwards. We were talking about maybe one of the problems with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Because Crystal Skull has a lot of that same ridiculous visual stuff. Yeah. Like stunts and content in Indiana Jones. They were obviously going for like no a last... sense of humor. Yeah. Like we're like, what if it's... Is part of the problem that it's like... Um, that it they do all the goofs without the heart. What do you think about that you movie? Because it's the one Indiana Jones movie that's specifically about Christian stuff. Uh, well, I mean, I've always loved, like, I love the, um... The All night. the night stuff. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I love mean, it's the last that crusade. dude, yeah. you know? It's like, and I love that, that temple is, like, such a cool set. Yeah. Like, all the puzzles and everything at the end are so goofy and good. One and... of my favorite John Williams melodies, too, is the Grail theme. That yeah. super, like, medieval kind of... Yeah. Like, da, 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 da. Yeah. It's, it's like it's, the ridiculous it's... effects when uh, the dude drinks from the wrong Grail. <laughs> 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 and like that lady that lady like i like i like her as a character like i don't think it's, it's Do you not remember a the great... actress's name no i i can't believe i know this off the top of her my her name is allison duty <laughs> <laughs> bill i says why you can remember that she was great though so she's so great in that role like Man, it's, she sells that the scene where she turns on indiana jones because she's like threatening to snap her neck and she yeah. walks away and she talks around and she goes from like oh no to like she suddenly like sells but she's that. not completely evil she's no, just oh you buy for the nazis but well the whole thing is that she's not german she's austrian yeah and she's in pursuit of the there's grail. the suggestion of a history there and yeah like that's that not whole, just like it's ridiculous indiana jones has to go to berlin <laughs> to like where hitler is to get the journal back but when that whole scene 
because it's at a book burning and she clearly is disgusted by it yeah. and like and that and that little delivery where she he says all i have to do is squeeze and she says all i have to do is scream yeah and it's like her performance is so good and then at the end when he's holding her hand and she sees the grail and she can't give it up like she sells us all so well she's really great in yeah. that movie and i like the fact that indiana jones would have still been with her if like she had not just like tried to go on okay so he's even like honey hold like take my hand well, he, she's Does like call, actually call her honey which always kind of cracks me up because i'm like oh man well, that's, dude because he was never that nice to like any of the other girls in these movies it's ridiculous because he like literally sees her and like immediately is on her yeah like, immediately i'm just watching this movie i'm like Jesus oh and Christ, Christ, when, when they're, the, 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 what, like, they're, they're in like, venice and he's yeah. like giving her flowers yeah, and shit like that she's all haughty like, oh i love you so much it's so ridiculous <laughs> like, you know what i actually ridiculous. really like about that movie in a weird way for someone who's not like christian or anything or like religious or anything like that i really do the like the fact that they take the christian thing seriously with the yeah. father because yeah. there's the whole point where he yeah. actually slaps indiana jones for blasphemy yeah. Yeah. which I always like like they, they're they not just playing it off as just a, a Mag- i mean it is a MacGuffin, the whole sure. grail thing and everything like that but i do like the fact that the character like that he actually even though he's he a believes. scientist and he's, a, he's an archaeologist but he's actually a believer yeah which you know actually for him to that plays into the end of the movie but yeah i like yeah. only suggesting that like i can't remember how explicit they make this in the movie but there's a suggestion uh, with India, with the whole thing that the reason, oh well, they, they do make it explicit because they talk about how Indiana Jones' mom got sick and died. Yeah, and that's yeah. why he becomes uh, obsessed with it. Yeah, yeah, that's why he became obsessed with the Grail. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is so ridiculous at the end. There's arbitrarily a rule. Oh, but it can't re- leave this temple. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just Which, because it has. You to. have to do something because yeah. only once you uh, yeah. so once you show that there's not only the Holy Grail is real, but it grants immortality. Yeah. you have to do something with it because otherwise, then Indiana Jones lives forever. Yeah. Which people even now think that Indiana Jones, because I've seen people like point that out as like a goof in the movie. Is like, well, isn't Indiana Jones invincible now? No, because they fucking he passed yeah. beyond the seal. That's the whole yeah. point of that knight being stuck there, what? guarding the Grail for a thousand years Why by himself old though what? This, was yeah. he supposed to be old when he got there i think the is suggestion that that he is? was a young man but just like you know after like it's like 700 years of not like maybe he just didn't drink every day yeah like there's you know it makes sense he would just yeah. also maybe man, I the, don't know. The, the dude like the villain of that movie it's like what what are, he's like i'm using the nazis i'm a nazi no i'm not it's me but these Nazis, even though i'm saying i'm not a nazi all these nazi soldiers are still with me yeah that's all a little goofy it's ridiculous um, but it's, you know it's so it is such a fun movie like it's just it's just goofy and fun and that goofiness is what sells it you know and it fully never talking about it's like i love i love dumb adventure movies but they have to own the dumbness yeah it's like one of the reasons why we loved hansel and gretel beach hunters is that it's just a (laughs) dumb movie and it just owns how dumb it is that's one of the reasons why bless (laughs) we're kind of looking forward to the terrible snow white the huntsman sequel because i want to watch coming out it is it's called like the winter war or something it's coming out in april (laughs) Really? I want to watch Charlie Theron, Emily Blunt, and Jessica Chastain fight each other. Wait, Emily Blunt's supposed to be in that? Yes, she what plays she the playing? Ice Queen. She's, what? She's Charlie Theron's evil sister. Oh my They're god. They're like the twin evil powers that uh, Thor That's and Jessica Chastain casting, yeah. have to fight. I know, the only thing I'm sad about is that Chris Hemsworth isn't <laughs> in it at all. Like, why even bother? Aww. You know, I, I almost wish that... Um, Twilight had come back instead of Thor because that would have been that it would just been four broads. Yeah. Uh, I just hope it. I mean, it's gonna be awful. Snow White and the Huntsman was not. I mean, it wasn't. I enjoyed seeing it. I saw it for a dollar in a theater. So Charlie Theron doesn't get killed in that movie. Uh, probably. Do don't, you think it's Bill, Snow, don't quiz me on anything that fairy tale. You think you think she would get turned to ice and explode Bill, at the end or something like that? She's a magical. Evil Did you ever see Maleficent? No. I don't get what. 
I like I like how you, you know, like obviously you've seen Snow White but Maleficent <laughs> that's a bridge too far. Uh, no, my mom actually liked Maleficent, yeah, okay. but I heard that there was an overwrought sexual assault metaphor in there. Yeah, there is the king it, supposedly. Yeah, well, I it's like he took her wings. wings. It's a I, thing, but yeah, and that is not something that's. Like it is one of those things like that I feel like we're like that is a theme I don't need a movie mm-hmm. that was one of the things that was so disappointing when we got the director's edition of Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters is they add a sexual assault scene in it that was it gets not in to the- get me out yes I'm like fuck you movie Did I she? was so mad so mad I'm so grateful they didn't put put that in the fucking movie does camera fuck Adam off. have extra fingers she I was seeing something about House of Moves. Well, she she, she had like, 11 fingers. And 11 she, fingers? When she was born, she had one removed. If you look at one of her hands, she has a little scar. A little stump. She also has one of her ears is slightly smaller than the other. And slightly deformed. Wow. It's interesting to see someone like a famous model slash actress mm-hmm. actually be genetically kind of Billy, uh, Billy Quizboy. She, what I like about her is that she's kind of a goofy looking lady. Like, she really is. Like, she's beautiful. Yeah. But when she's oh. not in makeup and stuff, she looks like a total oh. normal person. Speaking of movies, yeah. I've seen a bunch of movies since the last time I saw you. Have yeah. you seen Spectre yet? Because no. I just think about her All being I've a Bond girl. Is that it's bad. Oh, I am amazed. Apologies for anyone listening because you've already heard me forget about Spectre. Okay, I just didn't, wasn't quite sure if you'd seen any of the movies I had seen. Yeah, no. Spectre. Yes, you can run it on iTunes. I, I'd be kind of curious to see what you're. Because. I heard bad reviews about it, and I saw it too. It's like, no one can seem to uh, uh, like figure out exactly why it's so boring. Yeah. Because it's got like all the things you would want from a well, James Bond movie. Well, the thing is, is that at the end of the day, I don't really like James Bond movies. Yeah. I really liked Casino Royale, but that's because I'm sucker for that kind of dynamic. Yeah. Like between him and what's her butt, Eva mm-hmm. Green. Like well, that's that, stuff... that has been the highlight of all James Bond. Well, not only is, is that, that the best James Bond movie. Antithetical to James Bond normally, yeah. you know. That's. Yeah. Uh, like I like Daniel Craig, but not that much. It's funny because this new the Spectre, the, the Bond girl is the French girl from uh, Glorious Bastards, the one oh, at yeah. the farmhouse, and the bad guy is the guy it's from so Glorious Bastards. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so you kind of wonder like why they're like, hey, I remember you, you look familiar. I uh, yeah, Spectre was terrible. Have you seen Creed? No, I'm surprised because got a sexy uh, black boxer guy. Uh, Brenna, friend of the podcast, Brenna Zidane, really liked it. Yeah, really liked it. Again, it's probably on iTunes. You can really, I I don't and, print movies, Bill. I, I, I see so many so screeners. Yeah, I need to let you buy because I watch movies so infrequently, dude. If it's not on Netflix and I don't own it, yeah. then I'm not going to. Have you seen it. The Revenant? No, it's I'm not. I, Bill, I've been so depressed. Do you think I'm going to go see The Revenant? It's, it's, he, he, he wins. It's just a <laughs> No, the only the the thing that I am excited about the Revenant is one of my coworkers came up to me out of the blue and said, "I understand." I was like what? What? I understand Tom Hardy now. <laughs> I saw the Revenant again. What is it? Is it Tom Hardy's just playing a redneck in the woods, going, "I hate the engines." <laughs> That's really his whole thing. One of my favorite Tom Hardy roles is Lawless, where he is an unlikable asshole who talks like he has a mouthful of marbles. <laughs> yes, he's doing it this too. Because except now he just hasn't bathed for ten weeks yeah. with Lucy Worsley. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's just like, "I hate that Leonardo DiCaprio." <laughs> Hope he gets fucked in the butt by bear. <laughs> Bleh. That's his whole role God, in the movie. I forgot that that was an actual plot on The Simpsons. <laughs> that is where most fans consider that's where The Sorry, Simpsons went off the shark. Reminded me. Which a lot okay. of people. Like, okay. I no. guess. I guess in the Revenant, some people interpret it because there's a moment where the bear like stops attacking Leonardo DiCaprio, and people are like, are, "Is he touching his butt?" It's like the bear's not having sex. They're like, "What?" Did, they thought there was a like a bear rape thing part of it. I'm like, "No, it's not." Like, you guys hey, are Bill, tell me about X Files. Uh, also, wait, have you seen here? This is the last movie I saw. Did you see Space Jam? 
<laughs> I saw Space Jam when it came out in theaters, and I own the soundtrack. You saw the, did you see the theaters? I saw the theaters, son. I wish I could go back in time. Did you watch this retire the party? Yeah. Space Jam's the bomb. Bill, did you come on and slam? Did you find yourself welcome to the jam? I'm going to do my dance now. <laughs> Space Jam was the shit. I, let's put it this way. I saw Space Jam like three weeks ago, and yeah. I'm still talking about Space Jam. <laughs> it, is a me- it is many things. One of those things is memorable. Space Jam is, I'm not saying it's even a good movie. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> But I was amazed by how entertained by it I was. Let's put it that way. Bill, how do you do you wanna do you wanna I'm um, still do you dazzled. wanna do you want Lola Bunny to nibble your carrot? Oh god, that's the <laughs> Established Warner Brothers characters, like you know, and they're lying it out. And then suddenly she shows up. She's like, just wet, tight little, tiny little pants. Yeah, short shorts. Yeah. Like her cut lips are hanging out practically. They almost had to like. It's just, oh my god. Yep. But yeah, Space Jam. Surprisingly, <laughs> I can't believe you saw the theater. You talked about this on probably this podcast before and on a different podcast. Bill, tell me about X Files. Uh, how much X Files have you seen? I watched. I did not watch all of it on the television, but I had a friend who was obsessed with X-Files who we would, I would have a sleepover and we would watch X-Files and she would usually show me the best. Okay. So a lot of the first couple of seasons, I got a pretty curated view and I started watching X-Files towards the end. I actually watched it weekly. And uh, I know everyone says X-Files gave it real bad. I think the season before Mulder left is when I started watching it regularly. And I actually watched... The, okay, so you have context the for why he Reyes left. And, episodes. Yeah. yeah, I saw the movie in theaters. Like, Which is funny, because I know people talk about Doggett, but I never hear anyone talk about Reyes. Because Re- Doggett is actually kind of likable. Yeah. Because he's well, fucking... saying that because at least he's a cop. Yeah. He's kind of blue collar. Yeah. He's, a little bit he's li- very approachable. Yeah, at least he's got something to well, his character. Also, there's something... It is more interesting to see the non-believer go through the transformation. Yeah. And also, because at that point, Scully is kind of a believer. Mm. So Doggett is sort of the outsider. Reyes is the one of the worst characters. <laughs> one of the worst really? characters. When Scully is giving birth, she makes whale noises to soothe her. Like, with her mouth. Reyes does? This is one of the jokes. Is that, like, trapped on an elevator this is, together? That is, is literally... reason why Reyes has to help deliver the kid? This is literally one of the only things I can remember about Reyes. Okay. Spoilers for X-Files. Uh-huh. The baby she gives birth to, is that their kid? The yes. kid she has with... Because I, I didn't realize she remember. had a baby! Okay, my, here's my well, transfer no, no, with wait, X-Files. Wait, 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 wait. Which baby? Wait, hold on. This is what I'm wondering. No, she has an I, alien baby. Did she have baby. an alien baby? Didn't she, she get, like, taken up no baby. shit and they take out yes. her alien baby? But And then there's a thing that she can't give birth or something. Okay, because I've seen... I, I can, I've I, now okay, seen... Full disclosure, I probably read more X-Files fan <laughs> fiction than I saw episodes of X-Files. <laughs> Uh, one of the first erotic fanfics I ever read was um, Skinner sticking it to Mulder in the back of a truck. I can't okay. remember why. Well, I was going to say, because you're like, granted... I didn't f- read much of it, though. That was more out of curiosity. For a science fiction TV show, it seems the whole point of any fanfiction of that show would be about the characters. And if you're going to write sure. about those characters, it'd be romantic stuff. Even more than e- there, most other there stuff. There are people who wrote a lot of in-universe shit, well, but that was the not the stuff Well, the lore seems to be so yeah, fucking chaotic and nonsensical. Yeah. Like, you, no one's going to be reading your fanfiction that was not the, the crazy I mean, at, lore. At the time, I was really anti-romantic, and yeah. I wasn't that was, I like I, I genuinely read that one fanfic out of curiosity, and then I mostly like. Is it better Skinner Bones to Coveney hard without flowers? Then or like, I can't what's... remember who was the giver and who was the. Did receiver. you see the new episodes then? No, because Skinner shows up. He looked like I a know, teddy bear. My, my friend Brenna did text oh! me pictures of Skinner because I had a huge I crush you on watching Skinner. This, so I mainlined the new three episodes last no. night because I wanted to make sure I was caught up with you. No, I'm not watching. We need to talk about this before we record the podcast. Because you watched the bad. You are a good show. You are a nerd teenager in the 90s. I'm telling you. How am I crazy for assuming? I didn't watch much of the X-Files. 
I didn't watch much of the X Files. I, I had I didn't watch much of Buffy. The same friend had to make me watch Buffy. You always Buffy freak, was non consensual. You always freaked out about how Skinner was so hot. So I Skinner is one of my favorite. Well, I thought you'd be watching. He was one of my first crushes, though. Yeah. Skinner, my crush on Skinner is really uncomfortable because he looks like my dad. <laughs> Also, Skinner, when he goes back, he's also, like, the one who's actually hung together the best, too. Yeah. He just looks like himself, a little yeah. bit older with a gray well, beard. Well, it's like, yeah. it's like there's there's a certain kind of physique. Of like, looks I like played, Derek Cross now. I played, uh, I played football in high school, and I've got I've still got, like, the dad. Like, bit, the, yeah. But I've got, like, this the fat over <laughs> everything. It's, like, a very particular type of dude. And, yeah, fat I have, husk. I have a cr- I'm glad he, is, he has a beard now, because he looks different from my dad. <laughs> God, I but, can see uh, that, because he's got the nose and everything, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that X Files is not on a me- when you take X Files and you take a median of the X Files, it's not good. When it's good, it's great. When it's bad, it's awful. So I, I like I I've seen seven X Files episodes now in wow. their entirety. This wait, is- and you watched all three of the new ones? You had only seen four of the old ones? Uh, on Friday, Dylan came over. We were having a work day. And I throw on the first disc of the Blu-ray set that I bought for, like, super cheap at Christmas. Because I just, because the Xbox is such a t- touchstone. Yeah. I figured, like, if I'm going to watch I'm going to watch it on Blu-ray and you know, maximum quality. Man, dude, that is So I watched show... the first disc, the first four episodes. Oh, God. And it is... It is hard it's, to watch. It's cute just from a nostalgia point. Again, yeah. well, this is one of the things I was freaking out about the Space Jam stuff, too. Space Jam taught me that I do have a slight beating heart for <laughs> 90s nostalgia. Because I didn't think I had, ha- ha- I don't think I was capable of having nostalgia for the 90s because I was an adult all throughout the 90s. Right. Yeah. So if you grow grow up in a decade, that's different. You know, you're going to have sure. natural nostalgia you because know, I have a nostalgia for the 80s because I grew up in the 80s. I was a kid. But when you're like, you know, 25 years old and you're working at Blockbuster, you're not going to have a nostalgia for that decade that much so much and to, at least in the way the other people that you know but yeah so but still space jam taught me i have nostalgia for shitty cgi cartoons from like 1996 and the x-files yeah i was like i do have nostalgia for like 1993 <laughs> terrible video editing synth music bill the girls X-Files. in big baggy suits man the first suit that she's wearing <laughs> she's like swimming in a it's garbage really bag yeah, baby just, scully oh my god that's the alarming scully. thing is like i know What's her face mostly through Hannibal Anderson. and all this other stuff when she's yeah. been older? Yeah. And she's got that hawkish profile. Yeah. She looked like a little soft. baby cherub. Yeah. Her face is she's so fresh. Hatched. She got a little baby cherub. <laughs> I just want to grab her cheese go, oh, boy, boy. Yep. She got little purse, little, little Betty Boop lips. Mm-hmm. Even Dana, Dana, fucking, what's David his name? Did, I want to call him Dana Duchovny. <laughs> Even him, he just looks like a high school, like he's on a high school play about the X Files. <laughs> Like, so it was just funny to watch that shit. But yeah, those episodes were not good. And no. the first two of the new episodes were I heard terrible. That. I, heard, I heard the, the third th- one was supposed to be good. The third one, everyone's been freaking out how good that is. That is goddamn cute. Yeah. It is legit. Well, it was see, the first the time I had a good time With watching the X Files. It's good. It's really good. Yeah. Bill, there has never been a show. Like I, I am a big completionist. I believe if you commit to something, just fucking watch yeah. it. Yeah. You know? That's that's how I live my life. I'm looking you in the eye, and I'm telling you, fucking get a best of list of X Files. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. who gives a shit What's, about the aliens and black night. oil and that's like, the crazy thing. The who first gives a shit. they come back with this first episode and come back and say, "Oh, you know the whole mythology from the old show." Uh, it turns out that was a trick. <laughs> <laughs> because who cares? So that's that was part like, of the well, show. Well, I better. I guess my find a list of all the Monster of the Week episodes because yeah. everything else is like, who gives a shit? Oh, man, because yeah. the, really, the really good Monster of the Week episodes are so Well, that's good. what this third new episode is. So good. It's... 
Like, fucking, you need to go back and, like, meet Dr. Bambi, and there's one where they're both Dr. on their period because of the tarot town, and, like, there's, uh, you gotta meet, like, uh, Queequeg, and... Oh, she mentions like, Queequeg! Was that, that her she, dog? Queequeg was her pug who gets eaten by a crocodile. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Spoilers for the X-Men! There's a point That's in the third episode where they run across a dog, and she's like, oh, that reminds me of Queequeg. Oh, what a like, pandering comment. <laughs> that is half of the new X-Files. I'll it's believe like, it. I'll believe yeah. it. Very brief brought back the X Files. The whole point of the show is sure. this. The whole, you know what the you know what the credit sequence for the new show is. What? The old credit sequence for the show. So it's so it's like upscaled. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. It's the pictures of their old ideas from Aww, like that. <laughs> <coughs> Bill, I can't say this highly enough. There may be like 15 episodes of the X-Files <laughs> that are worth watching. Um, I only paid 80 bucks for the set then. Triangle, which is the episode where you can see Scully in like World War II gear, which is really hot. She like time um, travel or something? It's a time travel episode. Why are people triangle. menstruating because of Taco Town? It's like, think, no, Tarot. I oh, think it's like a tarot town? thing. There's like a weird tarot town. Oh man, there's, everyone like, there's a weird episode that's like a Frankenstein episode with what's her butt from SNL. That's a good one. <laughs> oh no, uh, man, X Files. X Files. Yeah, is, you're having a sudden flashback. The X Files is really not good. <laughs> I just get some lady for fast. I haven't seen that much X Files, but here's well, a list the thing. Of, well, FX when, when I had cable, they would occasionally have like the best, like the fan favorite yeah. episodes, and the, you just watch those. I'm like, okay, this is the good X Files for a weekend. And well, it's like if I'm talking if I'm talking about Next Generation, Star Trek Next Generation, I'm gonna be like, okay, here's here's what exactly. you need to watch yeah. yeah there's gonna be a lot of fucking gr- uh, bullshit exactly but yeah, yeah expel just like everyone agrees on what the best episodes are just find a best I'm of list a good and time watching those. it just as again just as a nostalgic <laughs> kick but it you will reach your limit and i don't want you to reach your limit before you get to the good stuff yeah. like there's the unnatural which is such a good one when i've only seen seven episodes and there's only been one good episode of the seven that's already pretty shitty well, battering average I, but, but I, I will one of my favorite episodes is actually one of the the latter season episodes and this is probably only one of my favorites mm-hmm. but there's one it's about it's actually one that Jillian Anderson directed the ones that David Duchovny and she wrote it too there are a few episodes that both David Duchovny and Jillian Anderson wrote or directed and those are mm-hmm. actually pretty good ones but um, there's one that's mostly about Scully's spiritual awakening or like spirituality in a post-molder world hmm that, what is it called? I think it's called All Things that I really liked, that really spoke to me because it was just like, you know, what is... Like, I love Scully's Catholicism, that Scully is Catholic yeah. and in dealing with all this shit. It's not, like, a huge part of the show, but it's an element of it, and I like that element of her character. Yeah. On to the new a, show, she's Jewish. <laughs> to she be converted. a doctor and a Catholic and being confronted with all this shit is an yeah. interesting thing. Um, that's an interesting duality. And um, and that episode is kind of about Eastern spirituality and how yeah. that's kind of become well, a part of life. What's interesting about the Indiana Jones thing with like the fact that you've got an actual character who's a believer too. Like yeah. even if it's not like being contrasted by being stuck with yeah. a non-believer, that's always an interesting well, thing when you got in someone that who... case, you, it's hard to believe in the Holy Grail and not believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know that's yeah. like if you're gonna believe in that, if enough to dedicate your whole life to it, you better fucking believe. Yeah, in the Son of God. So anyway, uh, so Chris, Last Crusade, watched it. It was good. The reason why is because we've been playing. <laughs> we I just finished. Rise of the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill got me an Xbox One as a wedding present. And the only reason why I wanted Xbox One was because <laughs> this was going to be an exclusive. So Foley got it for me for Christmas. And I'm guessing its sales were abysmal because she got it for me for $40 on Christmas. Oh, yeah. No, like, according to everyone, that, they sold like, about six copies of that yeah. game. Which yeah. is a shame because it's a really good game. That's what I've been hearing forever. The, yeah. um, they took out a lot of the shitty stuff from the original Tomb Raider, which is like, all, of her, all of her horseshit friends that you don't care about. <laughs> and all the death 
death garbage and all frankly really? like when you die it's no longer like like there are a few gruesome death animations but they're in very specific moments and for like the a most bear part just doesn't fall on top of her well or like it, at the very end of the game there is a quick time event that if you miss you get to see a gruesome death animation yeah. but even then it's nothing is it the last thing you do in the game one of did she break out her two guns again and shoot the bad guy again and... uh, i i didn't unlock a dual gun mode i don't know if it's not because that's how game. they end that first game yeah and I, I that's one of the few complaints about i saw people because she had her guns at the, her iconic guns but now she no longer i will has her say guns. at the end of the game it's ridiculous because there is a, a, a part where she in the in a cutscene she pulls out her gun and yeah. it's whatever default gun you have and its loadout is the gun she's holding and i had at that point a deagle with a silent that's like as long again as the deagle and Laura, then an extended magazine. Here, yeah. So it looks like she's just holding this giant novelty L. <laughs> like, like I was thinking, like how do you, it's like you could have also like a little revolver. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like blocking this scene must have been what's, interesting. What's the MacGuffin in the game? Like where's she uh, running around? Like is it Russia? Or so they kind of take a last crusade. No. Um, and and one of the things that I really liked about Rise of the Tomb Raider, and uh, Folia and I have been, we had been replaying the Uncharted collection a little bit, and it made me thirsty for a new Tomb Raider. Oh, I know, so you didn't bring that back. I, I did not see. bring that yeah. back. I'm still playing it. Uh, but anyway, um, it made me, like, really hungry for a game like this. Mm-hmm. So um, in this game, you play... It takes um, place in Hungary. Is that your, right. your sick way? Yes. No. <laughs> uh, you play Lara, who is looking for an artifact that her father was obsessed with. They very much so take a page from Last Crusade. Yeah. Her father was obsessed with an artifact called the Divine Source, which grants immortality. Um, and uh, he spent his whole life and ruined his reputation in pursuit of it. And eventually um, he was so humiliated by this search and being um, publicly humiliated about it um, that he mm. took his own life. So Lara Damn. has okay. become obsessed with proving that he was not you know, crazy, yeah. proving that he was right. So she has become consumed with the search. So a lot of game is, is she still getting with... over the stuff that happened in the first game? Is that still yeah. an issue too? A little bit. Cause I remember like when they were first announced this game, they were like, well, she, in, in the aftermath of her tra- traumatic well, experiences, you on... see that this, the way that has all kind of articulated is that she has this kind of fearless <clears throat> disregard for her own life and safety okay. and that she is consumed by this search to justify her father's life and death. And, um, uh, she's a very driven person. What's fascinating is that they really sell, and I believe this is as much the performance of the woman who played Lara and the, her physical performance, um, their mocap performance, as much as it is the writing. Uh, but they really sell her obsession and how her how driven she is, okay. like um, and how smart she is, and um, to a degree that the Uncharted games never quite manage. Like Drake is a very charming character, and I love Nathan Drake. He's, He's not a scientist or like a known. Yeah, you, he doesn't feel as I mean, for lack of a better word, he doesn't feel as smart. Yeah. Well, you, you know, get the feeling that he only reads books curious. for information to find exactly. where he's a treasure hunter, but he's not like exactly, and, yeah. and which is not because even, even Indiana Jones is an archaeologist, and you don't yeah. get the feeling that he's yeah. In and it's interesting because in the Uncharted games, the whole point is that he is driven, like he is obsessed with these things, like he's obsessed with finding Drake because he thinks he's right, and like all of these things. But ultimately, the game is more about his relationships, even as he sacrifices those relationships yeah. in pursuit of his, his obsession, is not. 
he's it's it's still he's still a very likable amiable character and a goofball i think they still try to make him more of an everyman because i yes, think like exactly yeah so they it, almost but, like you could do this you just write a couple books and had some money to <laughs> exactly. take a boat down to eight down to south america you could be doing the same thing but yeah. this game it really focuses on like lara you really buy her intelligence and how driven she is and how obsessed she is and one of the little ways they do it and they did this in the last game too is that when you discover artifacts in the world they're very particularly from that world and that place yeah, I really did and she like that. comments on them yeah. and she can rotate them and discover new things about them this is the same thing where it goes goes to like a menu screen and you're yeah. rotating it's not like rotating her hand yeah. or anything like but in this game is she I talking felt... over as yeah. she's rotating so she's, she's commenting oh that's on really it. nice okay it's just it's really it's just it, 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 and she's genuinely fascinated by this she's fascinated by this culture she's uncovered oh, nice. they do a little thing and i can't remember if this is the last game i don't think it is as, and this is very silly, but I like that this gamifies that aspect of her character. She encounters this world, and she, in the mm. world she finds texts written in Greek, Russian, and Mongol. And she, as she goes and finds the artifacts, her proficiency in reading those things increases. I've heard people talk about this. This so, was not a thing in the last game. So, yeah. like, she'll find, like, a letter that's written in ancient Greek. And reading it, she boosts that ability. And maybe she'll find a mosaic or something later. And unless her skill is high enough, she can't. Now, these are collectibles you can find in the game that you can miss. Yeah. It's not like story points where she suddenly... So... It's all world building stuff. Okay. So like you'll find letters and those letters will flesh out the narrative of the place. So this is in. nothing that actually impacts gameplay. It's yeah. not like by unlocking all of her Russian reading ability, you suddenly get like a well, bonus to like it is headshots or something. Indirectly, or something. yes. So by finding items in the world, That's weird it does video give you games work, Or you kind of expect like, yeah, nonsensical relationships between gameplay systems like that yeah. they do it does ultimately there is a um a basic um leveling system in this game yeah. and Which as there was you, in the last game sure too, yeah and so as you find these things and you you do unlock you earn xp in addition to increasing that skill you earn xp which then you can use to unlock different abilities so does that mean you just don't get as much uh like we're just reading material out of stuff if, if you don't collect as much stuff yeah like and i'll be honest man with you. that's because i one of my favorite things in games like even when it's like fake history stuff yeah. that you're like pillaging through like one yeah. of my favorite parts of the Uncharted games was like finding the objects and kind of right. flipping them and but yeah that's if they actually gamify that a little yeah. bit that's actually really interesting well exactly it's yeah. a value and I will admit I am not a lore skipper I'm not like I will I don't necessarily like if there's a fucking if it's like Skyrim or Dragon Age Inquisition and there's a fucking book there's and they're so like read much this book of, yeah. I don't necessarily read all those books but if there's something voiced I'll listen to it yeah, I'll like I'll look at the it character and stuff, exactly yeah. and this is one of the first games I have ever played in my life because you find all these diaries and journals in yeah. the world that flesh out um, the like I said the context of the world you're in and also the villains like you learn a little more about them and stuff this is the first game I've ever played in my life where I skip it Ever I skipped everyone just because it was so like especially like the the first couple of journals you find are so poorly performed really the performances by are her? so bad no 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 no. they're like read by the person who discovered oh, okay. it yeah it's like like did they get larry the janitor to read oh, this man. ancient greek journal i'm like what is this it was so bad and i skipped everyone in the whole game everyone i've never done that before in a game usually if they if, if the if the developer went to the effort yeah. i'll consume it just and i will say didn't need it. I, it was all just fleshed out ambient stuff, I guess. So you like the game well, in general? Though. I liked it. The only my issues with it were um, the game is so relentlessly grim. Mm -hmm. Like the world is very grim. The so the premise is you are looking for this object called the divine source that was um, held by a gentleman named the Prophet, 
who um, got obtained this divine source by from God and used it to take his people and start a new city called Katesh. Katesh was eventually um, lost to the ages. So you're exploring Katesh and you discover that there are remnants of this uh, group of people who still live in the world and um, that they are still protecting the divine source Mm -hmm. and that uh, uh, there is a dark and shadowy organization called Trinity, which you know is somehow linked to your father and um, or was uh, was pursuing your father or something and uh, trinity is also looking for the divine source okay. and trinity is like a generic like pseudo nazi all this sounds kind of generic with sort trinity of templar and the actually source really and feels the like pro- templars yeah. it's it's like it's very it's very yeah. assassin's creed templar because they're looking for artifacts in order to great games powers. like this were better at coming up with like a like an interior logic to the world building or like like yeah, it's well, always they, just they, the most Trinity gen- is transparently the most like, generic bullshit. We need a villain. We need an antagonist for Lara. Yeah. Like that is one of the things that that was a problem with the last game is that you know there wasn't really an. Well, you just you, you just got uh, caught in a shipwreck and you just happened to exactly. A, a, well, it was like a bunch of grave robbers on yeah. on a Japanese island, and that, yeah, there was no real antagonist thing built up. There's yeah, no story. In this game um, now, by the end of it. Lara has a new goal, which is she needs to beat Trinity to these artifacts. So that's so going to be like her, like now. James Bond versus Spectre or something exactly. like that, where it's like, oh, exactly. okay. Yeah. But you know, you know, if, if they can give her a good antagonist, bully. Yeah. You know. Is there a character that rep- represents the, uh, the There are, you meet, you meet these two is characters. evil lady? Yes, there is an evil lady. Yeah. Um, and uh, you meet, uh, yeah, you meet, you find these villains. I won't say who they are for spoilers, yeah. but, uh, um, anyway, it's, you know, the game is just so grim because it's in this destroyed, this beautiful place that was this place of learning and like uh, all this stuff that's been destroyed. And uh, you are trying to survive against all odds. Yeah. And so it's that again. Is... And she doesn't have really any relationships. Like Jonah is the only one of the crew who comes back from the first game. And he is with her at the start of the game, but they get separated. So she's alone. She, she You still hear her inner monologues and stuff, and she talks a little bit. But she's not talking over to someone over the radio the whole time. Eventually you meet... Because usually in video games they have some kind of disembodied voice. Sure. Like, hey, Laura, exactly. go over here, do this. Eventually you, you become allies with the remnants of the civilization that lives okay. in the valley and you talk to them a little bit and you you know there's a little bit of that they say yep no go do this it's uh you know it's just but it's just the the world is so sad mm-hmm. and like the villains are so sad they did a lot of in the first one like, too where it's dark exactly and they and they, may, they take out all the deaths and they make Lara a lot more self-reliant they mm-hmm. never damsel her which yeah, they okay. did in the last game uh, she gets captured once but she immediately escapes You there's another character damsel but it's not Lara which is kind of great <laughs> and she feels much more the first game it was all very gender coded like there was there were things they did to Lara that they would never do to Nathan Drake this game she she's feel she feels more like a normal hero like what kind of stuff did they, did they do to her in the first game well, I mean like they she is imperiled a lot in a way that Nathan Drake would never be okay. like you know she is made vulnerable a lot and you know there's I remember so little of that first game that yeah I didn't know if there was anything specific you're talking vulnerability about. in games is not bad like that's yeah. can often be really powerful all of a sudden you're stripped of everything and you feel less than but that wasn't what that felt like it felt very exploitative in the first mm-hmm. game in the first game Lara Although felt I know they were going for the whole thing where she's supposed to be like this she's an untrained like 16 sure. year old girl but blah, there's, blah, blah. there's a line between 
I am growing and strengthening as a person versus performative vulnerability yeah. that feels a little more exploitative. Well, that's why they got the, the developers for that game got a lot of slack for yeah. kind of being really well, weird about that and shit. And this, they, they, they definitely are on the right side of it okay, this time, good. which I really appreciated, really enjoyed. And the comp, like the, 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 the gameplay loops I found really enjoyable. Like I enjoyed is the bow and arrow still the best thing in the game. It is. Yeah. You get, uh, you get a poison arrow, you get a flaming arrow, you almost, get an explosive arrow. Almost every game with a bow and arrow, bow and arrow is the best. Unless it's Skyrim where there's bazillion weapons and magic things. But like, yeah. I got an ability on my arrow where I, with my exploding arrow, I, it, it would actually pause and then drop three more explosives. Oh really? So I would nice. just fucking wipe out a room <laughs> with it. So good. So Lara Cross also a mechanical genius. <laughs> on top of just being a, it's like, pretty silly. Cause it's like, Oh, I, I'm four like three quarters of the way through the game. I found a knife for the first time, but yeah. I had a gun before. Like it's got it's very silly the way it Stupid gates it. Stupid video game shit. Yeah, and they do some dumb shit where it's like there are some parts of older and they want you to go back and explore again because there are parts of environments that you can only explore 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 when you have abilities. The Metroidvania game. kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, you unlock new but areas. It's not, it's not, and it's not necessarily a super good reward. But yeah. I really enjoyed all the tombs in this. Like when That's when the game one of the things. when the game told me. Which I think the first game I'm not much about tombs I was like I yeah, heard some favorite tombs. part of this game yeah. when I got the Chivo for you have unlocked the last tomb I actually put the oh, controller down I was really sad because like the combat stuff is not like the combat is not the game is called Tomb Raider yeah you should expect I mean, a lot of tombs and, like, yeah. the game is kind of over stuff. at a certain point when you said I've exactly. done all the tombs and the like, last oh, fight was so dumb the last fight the first one was she, that, that was going to be my last question was yeah. like yeah what how does it wrap up the yeah. last like not I would say there is a um for a, 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 there's there's like a moment where you have to endure three waves of of baddies yeah. and that was like fuck you because I hadn't boosted all of my Is it fight another skills. magical witch person or some kind of like no, no. Metaf- you're, you're you know. fighting Trinity oh, you're okay. Trinity what's interesting is that. Uh, I uh, the way they treated the MacGuffin was kind of striking, um, and I wonder where they're going with it. I wonder if they're actually going in an X Files alien place eventually. Because oh, no. um, what I really kind of admired about the game is that the which that would be kind of Assassin's Creed too, if there's yeah, some kind true. of metaphysical thing that actually comes from that's aliens true. and yeah. Uh, you uh, life. you um uh, when you meet this tribe in the valley, they're the descendants of the prophets uh, acolytes and um. Uh, they're trying to protect the divine source and uh, from any on all who might come. And uh, you meet a girl who's kind of like an analog for Lara in this environment. Her relationship with her father is like mm-hmm. kind of a nice little parallel. It's it's they don't they don't hammer it a lot. And then they kind of she at the end of the game, it's not really clear what happens to her. She's just kind of out of the picture. But whatever. There's a nice element that they included. Um, and she is neat looking. But uh, the MacGuffin. It's just like, they just talked about it. It's the divine source. It's the divine source. And then when you finally see the divine source, spoilers for Tomb Raider, it's just kind of a glowing blue rock, yeah. like a crystal. And they never bought, they're like, it's just, you look at it and your eyes glow and it grants you immortality or something. And it's not really immortality. You can still be killed. Like if someone shoots you in the oh, head. Oh, you just live forever. Like yeah, elves exactly. in Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Where, yeah, if you don't like, get if fucked If you are with. murdered, you're murdered, yeah. but you'll be immortal. Yeah. And, you never um, get cancer or anything exactly, like that. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you, uh, uh, they never bothered. It's just like a mystical rock, and you hear one of the characters again. Spoilers for Tomb Raider say it's not from God. 
That's kind of the extent of it. But the, um, and then, you know, it shatters and whatever, and that's it. That's the end of the game. But uh, it, the way the game treats... I can treats... handle alien Tomb Raider shit? Well, the thing is, they don't say it explicitly. No, but if that's going to be... If they're going to make I the third game, it. I'll be like, oh, we're going to have an extra special surprise. You find an artifact that's that such seems an old really fucking ancient trope. that looks kind of like a, yeah. um, uh, alien, like a, a someone in a spacesuit. So you like that's this this is I the could, extent of my theory. She did like some one like ancient Aztec Aztec tech tech yeah, discovery. There's, like, there's one, way you can tell that, that story would be interesting, but like yeah. with the Zack Snyder grim dark alien shit, that's like I thing. just well, little, Foley and I spent I, a lot of time talking. How do you do a grim dark ectomy from this game? Because it is ultimately a game, a series that's mostly about Lara and extreme environments surviving, mm-hmm. and that by its nature is very grim. Like how do you how do you inject a chuckle yeah. into this game? Because it's yeah. It, not everything needs to be Zack Snyder fied, yeah. where it's everything's just like, yeah. And it's like yeah. the thing about the thing about Uncharted is that the stakes can be really high and like things can be very dramatic, but it's ultimately about Drake and his relationships and those relationships. That's where that's where you get your moments of humor. That's where you get your moments of heart. And uh, that's kind of what Tomb Raider needs. Like, Jonah is an enjoyable character, and they could build her relationship with him into something interesting. Like, if that, if he is her family at this point, if he's, like, her brother, sort of, mm-hmm. like, that could be interesting. If they bring back Sam, maybe. But, man, she needs a friend. She needs someone that she can goof with. Just something. Because the only pleasure you get from this game, and this is not insignificant and this actually did were my favorite parts of the game are when she's discovering something and you hear the awe in her voice or like Mm -hmm. she's admiring the beauty of something or she's talking about some discovery that she's made and you totally buy the joy and the wonder and the awe in her voice at this discovery and like that's so good but that's Seems pretty fleeting, though. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'm like, that's the only time I smile. (laughs) I'm playing Tomb Raiders. Speaking of which, have you played The Witness? I don't know if you throw it out for The Witness. $40. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. You gotta you gotta charge what you charge. Like he spent a lot of money in that game. He put a lot of his money in that game. It is $40 for a puzzle game. From what I've seen, there's like definitely forty dollars worth of shit oh, packed sure. into that game. Totally believe it. But if Guess you're who just doesn't like puzzles that much. If you're not down with like twenty first century mist though. Yeah. yeah Guess who didn't like mist? I threw down for it just to seem seem like such a unique thing. Yeah, I just wanted I mean, to see it's what one of those it was things where like. I want to vote with my dollars for it. But, but yeah. Daniel actually came over last week when we recorded. He showed me a bunch of cool stuff about the game. Yeah. But yeah, it looks it's... I mean, I've heard so many good things. I know a lot of people are enjoying it, but I know at the end of the day that I am not a pure puzzle person. Yeah, it appeals to a very specific temperament, and if exactly. you're not into that, because, like, I just... Well, like, they don't couch a lot of the puzzles or anything, and there's like, no real story being told. See, that's at least thing. at the beginning, because of what I've heard that it does... I know that it does, yeah. The whole thing about the game about being perspective... Like, it's, the game does ha- work up into a metaphor about how to live life and how to yeah. be a good person and stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah, you have to you have to fight through a lot of just... Okay, here's your 121st puzzle. Like Jonathan Blow's values as a game designer are not in alignment with my values. That's what I'm learning to sco- because I like Braid well enough too, but like all the deep stuff in Braid was so abstract and like you'd have to go to a website to understand what the point of the game is. Well, I only got halfway through Braid before I got stuck. Yeah. You know, it's like it's just... And again, it was so difficult that it's just like Jesus yeah. like yeah, it it seems yeah, he, Jonathan Blow's games tend to appeal to very kind of like masochistic I admire him, and honestly, frankly, I think it's really admirable to price yeah. your game at that price point when it comes out. I think it's important for independent games to be treated like they are 
objects of value um, is on par with the AAA game. It's just not my jam. Yeah. It does seem like that game gets to the point where uh, it stops, like, the game is always, the only way you're interacting in the world is doing the little Denny's placemat fucking line maze puzzles. But, like, there's also environmental stuff where, yeah. like, things consistently get, it's almost like at the end of Indiana Jones' Last Crusade, like, the leap from the lion's head and matters, like, perspective issues and some, like, kind of, like, like, there's crazy environmental stuff going on, too, that kind of, like, like lets you find new puzzles and things like that. That seems to be inventive. And the whole island is packed with, like, underground chambers you go underneath and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, yeah, yeah. it seems like, you know, they put a lot of work into the game. It seems but, intriguing. And we're in but, a particular yeah. mindset, maybe, but it's just not Firewatch had better be fucking good. Man, Firewatch! Next Tuesday! It looks pretty. I'm kind of worried about that because, like, all we know, you're dude with the radio talking to a lady. See, you're... And you're, that could go... That could go very... That could be very interesting, or it could be like, this is some wank fucking bullshit. We'll see. Speaking of wank fucking bullshit, played Oxenfree. Yeah? Drink that bad, off. huh? No, that's being over... You're that's playing being all wank. the Xbox exclusive I know, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, you can tell it. It's funny. For my birthday, Xbox sent me an email that was like, you're here with Xbox. And what they go through most month thing? by month. Yeah. Oh, well, January. They're like, you played 80 <laughs> hours of Xbox. I'm like, yeah. Before that, like, literally, it was so funny because I did turn on my Xbox to watch Hulu because I had a friend visit who hooked up their Hulu account to my Xbox. Okay. So I turned it on for that. But otherwise, I didn't turn on my Xbox for last year. And uh, um, it was so great because, like, literally, month by month, it's like, breaks down what you did. And this month, it's like, oh, you must have been taking a shower. <laughs> Uh, we missed you this month. So that tells so me they're funny. sending out a lot of those messages to people like, it's oh, so here's your breakdown funny. of... I think in the whole year I had played 90 hours of Xbox and 80 of that had been in January. Uh, the only thing I've been using my X-Files, or X-Files, Xbox for was uh, as a Blu-ray player or watching Twitch. Yeah. Now that I've got uh, the, the PlayStation 4 finally has a dedicated media yeah. remote, so I can yeah. just, like, it's really easy to play Blu-rays on there, or, yeah. like watch Blu-rays without having to fuck with the controller. And they've just put out uh, a Twitch app for the PlayStation 4. Yeah. I don't use my Xbox. I have not powered it on in months. I'll turn it on to play Tacoma. Um, That's about it. My Connect stopped working for some (laughs) reason, and I just don't even care anymore. I'm just taking throwing a box now because, like, I'm never going to use it for anything. And yeah, it's just Tacoma's. Is that an Xbox One exclusive? It is. Why? They they have indie support. Okay. Dude, it's called you get indie support. Like, if 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 a developer is that a timed exclusive? I think it is. Yeah. They haven't announced other consoles because they have time. It's like they've got exclusivity on the Xbox for now. Huh, okay. I mean, it's it's gonna be on con- on like PC, Linux, Mac too. But well, that that's that's where gonna they're gonna be making ninety nine percent of their money because yeah. they've just shot themselves in the foot on console. <laughs> well, dude, hopefully Xbox. That is a weird decision Microsoft to make because it's not check. like you don't know. I mean, granted, if they're throwing the money, I mean, it's it's this from their perspective. This was announced over a year and a half what? ago. I want to say. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it was part of an Xbox. Oh man, conference. they must be shitting bre- biscuits in a little bit now. Going here. <laughs> now, hopefully, they got a lot of money from Microsoft. Anyway, I played Oxenfree. Yeah. And uh, um. And I shouldn't say it's not. <laughs> I should. I, 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 you've got. I'm by prefacing it. Face on, yeah. By prefacing it by saying it's a turd that is being <laughs> too mean. Yeah. I think we've kind of hit this moment now with indie games where um there indie games that are trying new things, but just being an indie game that's trying something different, I still find that admirable, and I still want to support it, and I still will. But there are now enough of them that I can be like, yeah. I kind of hit my yeah. break with hit, like, Life is Strange kind of broke me on that. See, okay, where... I will be fully frank. 
Life is Strange sort of ruined me for Oxenfree. Only because by the end of Life is Strange, I was like, I am so fucking tired of teens. Done with teens. Don't need to hear teen stories anymore. So I think modern teens are like 80 teens. Oxenfree is, I think... I, I think it may be set in the maybe the early aughts. Oh, I don't okay. think it's a hundred percent. So that's how it's supposed to be at least in tone. It's supposed to be a little bit of a flashback to like John Hughes movies. And yeah, stuff, but... it's. Uh, I will say this: I don't think they talk about having cell phones. Okay. And a lot of this game is about being isolated and not being able to communicate. So it can't be modern, but it's not necessarily. I don't think they explicitly state, yeah. or if they did, I not did not pay attention to it. So Oxenfree's legacy is that it's from a bunch of Telltale developers mm-hmm. who left and formed their own studio and made Oxenfree. And the it's aesthetically, it's a beautiful game. You play um, a handful of teens. Uh, you play a girl who's with some friends who's going to an island as a part of a tradition. Um, during this year of high school, they all go overnight and hang out on this island everybody does this so you are there with your half brother who uh your mom just newly remarried or is it your dad i think it's your mom your mom newly remarried and so this half brother you barely know him you're there with these two girls with whom you have a kind of not a great relationship and this guy who's been your best friend forever who's your character that you're playing as are you a boy or a girl a girl okay and the gameplay is pretty it's pretty it's a pretty traditional point and click adventure game in that you're just maneuvering your character through the environment there's not an inventory system to speak of you're mostly just interacting with the environment by you know walking around and talking to the characters around you um the only extent of uh what they layer on on top of that is that you do have a radio you have a portable radio because one of the reasons why you come to this island is that there are certain points on the island where you can tune your radio and hear radio stations that don't exist so there's huge the audio design in this game is fantastic. Yeah. There's a huge They're, audio have portion. To be if that's like half the game. Exactly. As you the sound design in general is pretty good. The music is um, very 80s ish. I've like heard people synth-y. say good things about the music. Which yeah. great if you have a nostalgia for the 80s. Exactly. That might be like a for big me, part of the enjoyment of that. I got kind of tired of it. By okay. the end of it, I'll be honest. Did with you beat you. the but game? I did. Wow. Uh, there's an element of choice in the game because depending on the choices you make, your relationships with characters can change pretty drastically. But what's interesting is that they don't necessarily make it super obvious when that happens. It's pretty organic. What happens is is you'll see occasionally you'll see a uh, the the way the dialogue works in the game is that you um, whoever whoever the characters are all really small. They take up maybe one twentieth of the screen. Yeah. They're teeny tiny. It's mostly you're looking at the environment. And uh, as the characters talk, there's just like a word balloon that pops up above them with like squiggles in it or something, just to indicate that they're the person talking. And um, occasionally, as you're talking and as you're guiding the conversation, a word balloon will appear on top. Uh, above them with one of the characters faces the implication being at that point you've changed that person's opinion of that character but it's i didn't that game wasn't really necessarily communicated it wasn't really clear to me that this was a game about choices so by the end of the game they're like oh they did the pie chart thing it's like you and you know x amount of character players made this choice so on the one hand, I, w- I was so impressed. So you can really tell this to Telltale, the developers yeah. at that point. Yeah. I was impressed in that, you know, the choices all felt pretty organic, and the w- choices I made felt pretty inevitable, mm-hmm. uh, but I felt did not feel compelled to go back and replay it. I felt like it was a little too long. Yeah. Um, even though it was only That's like five, thing, six just cause hours. It's, just because it's an indie game with a 
good art with a cool art style and a good music. Does that mean it's like really great? It can be it, yeah. it, it, it can be serviceable, but like, like the writing was super naturalistic, and I enjoyed that. Okay, the um the art was beautiful. The sound design was good. I kind of wish it was episodic, yeah. or, or at least just broken up in acts. Because if I had played it out over a series of days, maybe I would have felt different about it. Yeah. But just sitting like down, it's a pretty short game. Just like it's like six. It took me about five, six, six hours. hours yeah. But I was I I I was pretty completionist, or at least I tried to be short of looking up a manual. Yeah. Like there there are things in the world that you can collect and discover, and I tried to find most of them. Mm-hmm. You can find stuff about the history of the island, and when you uncover the MacGuffin of what happens, you can unlock more aspects of it. I will say also, I just didn't like the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. The, the ghosts. That is a simplification to say. See, this is one of the things where, because video game, especially console stuff, it's always been you know big first party or not big triple A things. You know, but you know, especially in the last decade or two, it's been the rise of the indie games, Mm -hmm. and we're so used to like any kind of like the idea that like most indie games are some kind of indie darling that like Mm -hmm. they have some kind of hidden charms if you just like are patient enough with them. But now that indie games are kind of making up like half the games are coming out on consoles Mm -hmm. now, it makes sense that there's so many. There's kind of be like not every indie game is going to be an indie darling. Sure, there's going to be indie games that are just kind of like it's indie, but it's just kind of like. Eh, like B T beer B tier C tier, kind of like you know it's not bad, but yeah, just because it's an indie game with an interesting art style and stuff like that, mm-hmm. like that's just like it could be yeah, yeah. and I think we're kind of hit that tier where it's it's where yeah, there's enough of those where yeah, not every game is going to be that great, even though if it looks cool, it might have something interesting to say or has mm-hmm. kind of unique play mechanic or actually have be produced by people with an interesting history. Like mm-hmm. hey, it's a bunch of Telltale guys. Mm-hmm. They it's entirely possible they just kind of come out and it might be interesting, an okay game, but it's not something yeah. that's going to knock your socks Well, out. and it's hard for me even to criticize it and you point know? at this and say this is why I don't like that's it. That's what I'm saying. But it's just, just there's just nothing really new that it's doing though. It's just kind of like and it's not even necessarily that because yeah. I don't I don't require a game to blast my ass off with something. New no, for me to, but you know. like, well, it doesn't but sound like it's anything really interesting to say, or the, there's no like characters in there that are really I mean, super interesting or unique. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I just at no point did it really hook me, and I yeah. don't know if it was that I wasn't in the right mood for it, or if I made a mistake by mainlining it. I feel like that may have been part of it. Well, that's if that's a mistake, then they shouldn't have designed it that way. I mean, if that's going to be, I don't know. Well, it's your I don't own know. personal. I don't it's know. It's like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's like you have to. Well, that that depends if that's just your own personal. I was going to say, I don't, think, like I don't feel like I can criticize the game. The game. Because I was lonely and I sat down. Uh, and I, I didn't leave my house problems. for a weekend, <laughs> and I just played it for for ten straight hours. <laughs> but no, it's like, and I I I I I, rec- I would recommend buying it. I think it was worth twenty dollars. We have wasted all this time talking about oxen free. Tell me, tell me. Did you download Red Dead Redemption? We're going to talk no. about the Xbox. And you know why? Why? Because it doesn't work with the disc-based version. No? You have to have See, either... See, I've, I've not tried backwards compatibility outside of Xbox Live stuff. You have to have... My understanding was it would either see that you had downloaded, if you had had a game, and then it would download it automatically. But apparently it only does that if you had digitally bought the game. So I'm surprised you didn't say, say, fuck it, okay, I'll digitally well, download I gotta fucking it. pay $30 I'm surprised it's still 30 Red bucks. Dead. Yeah, it, it is. It's like six years old. Yeah, it is. That Digitally, they don't Do you have a digital prices. copy? No, I bought it. I bought a physical copy. There are two ways, apparently. No, I didn't say it. don't you, but you do have a physical copy. Well, okay. Apparently, it's you can't just stick your disc in and it downloads it. You have to either have bought it digitally Yeah. or this is what was weird and this is like, what? Yeah, to follow a somebody? A friend has to have owned it. 
Yeah. And if you go to see their games library, there you can download it. They've so patched this since last night, so not even that works no! anymore. It sounds like they're going to announce it like sometime next week, probably tomorrow on Monday. Well, they said that they're but not. They said they're not announcing backwards compatible games anymore. It just kind of. Oh, they just comes out. But people were wondering. Well, okay. Well, this there's there, there is a drawback to this, which means that we're, this means we're probably not getting a Red Dead remake for new next generation consoles yeah backwards sure. but people are wondering what if they announce a red dead 2 Man, and this good. has to be like hey while you're waiting for red dead 2 yeah this toll pie in the sky but people sure. are trying to like sure it's just funny because people are trying to like look for the golden uh, silver right. lining for this i will it's, there's not a cloud it's a, this this the fact that this game is playable on i Xbox will also One say this that a couple like maybe a month or two ago we reported about how there was a reddit thread with a guy who said he was a sound designer at, at rockstar and how he was like really dubby really too yeah that was proved to be a fake oh what really yeah, yeah. that oh, dude was a faker <laughs> but i still i didn't love red dead as much as you did but the red dead was a goddamn great game Honestly, it was like that was one of those that was one of the few games where it wasn't necessarily though i did enjoy the writing to a degree it's still a rock star game yeah. so it still has it's still like rah, 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 rah. yeah just all that but i liked the tone of it so much and i really liked the gameplay of it i liked how the gameplay partnered with the tone yeah. and i liked the kind of easygoing morality of it like i, the I just thought it looked pretty system. i like john marston as a character i like how the game wrapped up it has one of my favorite endings of all time yeah, yeah. it's a real slog because Music there's is so the good. mexico stuff but yeah no like the presentation is fantastic yeah, it's, it's, it's just a western that takes place in 1911 is also just yeah. weird like it's so, a cool Spooky enough game in different parts that yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I'm mm. I, I'm both looking forward to the sequel and dreading it because it's still Rockstar. Because yeah, you can't God. even guarantee it's going to be made by the same people. Well, not blah, even blah, blah, blah. that. I mean, it's like at the end of the Did day, the Housers s- hate with it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the thing about how I don't think we ever talked about this on the Geek Week News interview, but one of the head guys at Rockstar left. Yeah. And he supposedly he was like the kind of the big fire putter outer behind the mm. scenes uh, at Rockstar where he wasn't necessarily like a guy writing or like he, he was, was he was one of the developers, but he was more of just a problem solving guy. And and now that he's gone, everyone's kind of like, well, mm, don't know. Like there could be more problems in development in the future because he was such a big bat. He was kind of the guy who came and fixed things. I feel like the only things and... we heard from Rockstar lately have been kind of like weird. Well, the Rockstar doesn't let a lot of news out, so usually exactly. if any news gets out, it's usually some kind of bad thing that exactly. like can't they, you know they can't really spin. But I know they're working you know. on Bully too because yeah. that's been confirmed for years. Because the music at this point maybe they could they could have legitimately could've, been work could have been canceled for years ago exactly. too at the same this time. Is true. Yeah. yeah, who knows? Which is weird too because like their last game was GTA Five that came out like three years ago now. I'm on Rockstar's mailing list. They still email me about online events and shit, so they're still making their money. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, still What's the money. last thing? Bill, tell me about 21 Jump Street. I finally saw 21 Jump Street. Yeah! Just on a whim last night, I was hanging out with Josh, and he's like, let's... I heard because we were watching Last Man yeah. on Earth, and he was like, "I yeah. heard this was made by these singers." It is. It is very totally different from Last Man on Earth. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, since you now are on Team Tatum, what'd you think? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. It's and it was interesting because I didn't realize it's only directed by uh, Chris Lord and yeah. Phil Miller, not written by. Yeah. Which that kind of shows a uh, little bit. It was written by I think Michael Bacall, who wrote, um, uh, partnered with. Uh, he wrote Scott Pilgrim. Oh, okay. And I think he wrote. He it's was funny because uh, uh, was uh, what's her face? Uh, the lady who plays the rock star lady shows up as the girlfriend for Jonah Hill. The lady who plays Alice, not Alison Brie. Who's the lady? Brie Larson. 
Oh. Oh, the one who played the... Boy, I cannot remember any women from any Scott, of these movies. And Scott Pilgrim. Except for the There's second only one. two women in Scott Pilgrim. There's Ramona... Was it Ramona Quimby? Ramona Flowers. <laughs> Ramona and then Flowers. there's the hot lady who sings in the band Kim with Clash Pine. of Demon Head. Yeah. Kim, well, no, there's Kim Pine, too. I forgot about that, too. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's uh, fucking Knives Chow. I forgot about that. There's, there's like a multitude of women in no, Scott that's Pilgrim. the multitude of three of them. <laughs> uh, no, uh, 21 Street. God damn you. Again, cute. better than he has any right to be. Yeah. Cannon Tatum's hilarious. Fucking Jonah Hill. I hate him I and everything I, I He's know. tolerable in this tolerable. movie. Uh, you really need to see 22 Jump Street. Now. Which I think that's probably much inevitable at this point. We I had a good enough really time. I recommend with it. It's Street. fun. They actually have uh, Jonah Hill's uh, female nemesis in that movie is actually pretty oh, yeah. good. Oh, and, I heard because uh, I saw the outtakes. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've joked about that. Like, yeah, on this podcast, it is worth watching for, if nothing else, for the ending sequence yeah. where the joke is over the credits. They make jokes about all the next movies. They're that's gonna make, the one thing I heard about. And they that, show yeah. all the way up to like eighty six Jump Street <laughs> or something, where they're like in a retirement home. Oh, that's it's really good. One of the funniest things. Spoilers for Twenty One Jump. Street, which is based off an old Johnny Depp TV show from Fox, uh, like from yeah. the late eighties. Yeah. They killed Johnny <laughs> they Depp. Killed Johnny Depp. <laughs> so it turns out who's in disguise? Yeah, Johnny Depp has been in disguise with the bad guys throughout the whole movie, and he suddenly reveals himself and probably gets shot through the throat. And that is him playing his character, which the original show was not a comedy. It was like this teen drama, supposedly trying to be this gritty cri- cop crime drama, and he gets killed like he's eating a thing of peanut butter while dressed like a biker. Just gets shot right through the fucking throat. Granted, really one, one of the other characters from the show, like no one remembers any any. Anybody from that right. show other than Johnny Depp. So one of the other characters is there. Who for the fuck knows? But yeah, that was. But yeah, no, Channing Tatum. He was. He was fucking good. That in was that. part of me and fully learning to love Channing Tatum. Um, with the Jump Street which is great too, because Channing Tatum, like, he teams up with uh, Jonah Hill. They have to go undercover at yeah. a high school, and Jonah Hill's the smart one. He's yeah. the dumb one. But they actually get their shit switched. Yeah. So Channing Tatum now has to like try to fit in with the nerds and like yeah. learn. He's in science yeah. class and stuff. And so you know he learns to appreciate the value of science. Right, and Jonah right. Hill has to appreciate the value of. Hanging I mean, it's all cool exactly kids. what you would expect yeah, it to exactly. be, but they managed to make it funny. And, yeah, uh, really no, and it, you know, the, Phil Miller and Chris Lord—they know how to film action, mm-hmm. like, and they know how to edit that shit. Yeah. That's why I'm excited about the Hans. A movie. little bit, we noticed. Like, Joshin pointed out, there's a scene where like characters are coming into a party, and there's like the characters disappearing from shot. Like, sure. get a little bit like we're like, what? like maybe they were just in a rush to film things. It's a cartoon. Yeah, I, mean, I know it's, it's like, a cartoon, it's but not... it was one of those things from a filmmaking. We were both kind of like, wait, what? This that character just like was standing behind them, but he just disappeared but he was standing out of like just a little a couple things like that it wasn't a peckable editor yeah. yeah it wasn't it wasn't quite sure. edgar wright level well so, sure but it was still fun. it was a good time yeah. yeah it was it was better than any movie called 21 Jump <laughs> i Street. know fucking ice. that's what those guys are good for they're like you're like fucking cloudy with the chance of meatballs actually pretty good again fucking yeah. a lego movie actually really good <laughs> and the sequel to 21 jump street I movie know. i'm assuming yeah. is pretty good and that's it's still pretty just, solid yeah you know lines. those guys i'm telling you oh those my god so i guess that's it for the what we did this week yeah man uh let's take a little break and then we'll be back for the geek week interview <laughs>
Welcome back after that little musical interlude. We are back for the Geek Week interview. Of course, this is the part of our podcast where Bill has written news in the week that was, and I am learning about it oftentimes for the first time and from his point of view. So let's see. The first thing Bill notes this week is Twitter's algorithm flip-flop. You see too much about this? I read about it. Has it actually rolled out yet? So what happened was, I think it was like one of the two... Tw- Twitter's been war- like talking about this for a while it's, now. It's, it's going to happen inevitably because they're yeah. trying to turn the site into Facebook. So it was one of those things where I think uh, was, I think it was like Boing Boing or somebody outed the idea that next week they're going to start rolling out algorithm-based Twitter functionality mm-hmm. next week, which means that instead of just seeing the shit that your friends post in the order that it's posted, uh, Twitter will go through your feed. and It's essentially what Facebook does, where they just kind of like try to look for stuff that you tend to like Mm-hmm. And try to like float that stuff up to the top, and then mm-hmm. maybe you'll see some of the other stuff. But like, it's a, it's 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 not. They're trying to curate your right. your feed, which is actually kind of great. If you don't, actually, well, I can see that if it would make Twitter more appealing to people who uh-huh. don't have who aren't going to be parked in front of Twitter all day. Yep. If you're just seeing the highlights of your activity, that is exactly your friends' who activity this is all for. day. Which that's fine. This but is not about existing for users. Power this is about, Twitter users. This is though. about new acquisitions. Well, and this is not even about trying to lure new people, and this is about no, trying is. to sell those users to companies because really that's the way you make money off Twitter of stuff like has this. Been is shedding users. Well, Their acquisition has been tanking. Well, also algorithm stuff allows you to start like including more advertisements. Exactly. When when, yeah. when Twitter's in charge of what you see, that's when they can start like thro- yeah. threading in more advertisements. It's this ultimately I could see this is about like getting more people actually trying to get your mom. To to use exactly face, to yeah. use Twitter like the to sure. uses uh, Facebook, but it's also about like packaging users up and making them more sellable to companies Absolutely. for advertisers. It's for them, killing, it's a it's, it's a two, two pronged attack. Exactly. Yeah. Like my mom joined Twitter for about a week. Yeah, and then she saw what it was, which is great because all the people I know who are huge Facebook fans have tried uh-huh. Twitter. And they're like, "What the fuck is uh-huh. this?" Which that's happening because exactly. Well, that's it's kind of yeah. funny because like. It's 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 crazy to see how you can totally tell the people who invented Twitter were totally regret how they invented Twitter yeah, because they totally. it's so simple yeah. that the moment you start trying to jam too many ads around uh-huh. in there yeah. it breaks it. Yeah. So this is like yeah and so it's, I guess their solution is just like let's just turn it into Facebook which is so weird cuz Facebook's already there like yeah. like it's like what you just Well I mean you got to make But it they got to make money. That's exactly. what it boils down to. It's exactly. not a, it's not a matter of functionality or making it good for the people who have been using it. You just got to make money. Yeah. Um which that's, that just means people just walk I mean, away I remember from it, but... I joined Twitter in 2008 like yeah. I'm not a new Twitter user I've been around for a while but I remember when I first joined I found it fucking impenetrable I was mm-hmm. like I will never use Twitter I remember thinking because I was like fuck Which is even now you like you look at Twitter but you're not like tweeting all the time well I mean I, I check Twitter 50 times a day yeah okay. I mean it, I mean, part of it is that I have a smartphone now when I first joined Twitter I worked a job where I was not on a I did not have a desk job yeah. and I didn't have a smartphone and now that I have a desk job and I have a smartphone, I check in on Twitter all the time. Mm-hmm. I am on Twitter more often than not. I so, don't necessarily tweet all the time, but, yeah. you know. So what happened was... So it's uh, I think one of the Twitter guys came out and said, after the news broke from, I think it was Boing Boing, said, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about this soon, but yeah, algorithms, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly they flipped on and said, okay, you know what? It's not coming next week. We'll talk about this later. Mm-hmm. And so no one knows exactly what that means. I hope means, they have an opt-out All thing. he specifically said was, like, it's not coming next week. He didn't say it's not happening. Well, sure. But... 
But that's well, that's one of the other things. I think one of the engineers came out and said, or no, it wasn't one of the engineers, but it was some. Was, I think one of the people maybe sourced it. It was somebody who's supposed to know came out and mm-hmm. said, yeah, I've heard this is supposed to be opt-in. Yeah. Although that's how they ease you in because eventually they make it so it's not opt-in because they'll say, well, it's just easier or we can we can provide new features if it's just mandatory for everybody. It's just, it's, it's going to end up with it being mandatory for everybody. There's no way that doesn't happen. But that just gives us more time to, like, you know, if you want to find other social networks or someone to build social thing. networks. Oh, man, I fucking. The thing is, is that when everything happens, on moving, yeah. It's like, it takes so long for everybody to sell in one place. Yeah, because now everyone's like, it's got to be LO, it's got to be Peach. Like, everyone's trying to find the new thing. I, there was a great tweet I saw someone yesterday saying, "Oh, this is the part where MySpace crumbs the uh, the the beard, uh, combs the be- crumbs out of its beard." Like, hey guys, what's up? MySpace is back. How you guys top. doing? Come on back. Got the doors wide open. Oh but, man. Um. So yeah, it's not the end of the world, but it's still just like yeah, it, it's just that's that's all that makes me mad. It's like, where are my friends going? to Did go? anyone seriously think that you're going to be dying on your deathbed fifty years from now, still tweeting? Well, no. There's yeah. always a migration from one system to another. Like this I said, one... I don't give a shit. I just want everybody to pick now, it. Just now you know which people to follow which people not to follow a little bit better i'm just gonna go back to emailing everybody again like that's gonna be the uh, that all over why don't we just go back to chat rooms just gonna go back to aim i'll see you in icq um bill good luck explaining the appeal of www.frankiac.com to annie did you try this no click on it see what happens this makes for good radio. I was going to say, everybody's favorite part of the podcast. Da, 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 when Bill da, 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 tells Annie... What's your favorite Simpsons quote, Frank, if you have one? Frankiac has nearly 3 million Simpsons screencaps to get... So get to search. Do you remember anything from Laban. The Simpsons? Try to remember if I remember a single That's Simpsons not just joke. don't have a cow man. See, unfortunately, my first <laughs> thought was a Futurama joke. We're that someone needs to build something like this. So what this is, Frankiac.com is someone built a... It's just the thing where you just type in your favorite... Like any... Not even your favorite Simpsons quote, but anything that's ever been said on The Simpsons. And it'll bring up a bunch of screen caps of that moment that you could use if you want to, like, you know, post pictures of mm-hmm. that, that moment. Like Twitter oh, is or this why like people that. have been posting all those fake That's where it's... And, like, people have been using this to create, like, yeah. That, yeah. That's... If you've been seeing an uptick in, in Simpsons screenshots in your Twitter friend, Facebook feed or whatever the fuck yeah. this week that's that's because of this website yeah it came out of the blue I have no idea who built it but it's funny because this is impressive as shit. Yeah, uh, the Simpsons. Uh, I follow Josh Weinstein and Bill Oakley. They're they were the showrunners when The Simpsons was at their most popular, and they were even like, "Who the fuck made this?" Because they they were trying to find they were trying to break this by trying to find the most obscure quotes they could. These are the guys who wrote the show, and they're like, "Wow, okay, we can't stump this thing." It's, okay, it's... I did find one of my favorite one of my favorite jokes on on Simpsons, which is when J.K. Rowling shows up <laughs> yeah. briefly. Um, and, uh, Lisa says, you've turned a generation of kids onto reading. And she, she can't really, says, thank you, young muggle. Can you tell me what happens at the end of the series? And she just goes, he grows up and marries you. Is that what you wanted to hear? Yes. <laughs> Did you find it? You just type in muggle? I, I typed, yeah, I typed in muggle. Yeah. That's just a stupid, you have to be a super hardcore Simpson fan or at least, like, like it enough to, like, remember specific moments and quotes and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's, it's just out of the blue. It's just a cute. total fucking time waster. Cute. Um, yeah, but that sort of, sort of stuff exists, but there's still not, like, a database of Wilhelm screams on the internet. You yeah! know, it's like, there's some things where I'm like, whenever I hit upon something the internet hasn't solved, I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm not smart enough. I can't make websites anymore. Bill, do you remember when we used to make websites? That was a thing. Now, a now thing you just do. go to Squarespace. I forgot to mention this week. We have a new <laughs> We're not advertising Squarespace.com. This is Boy Howdy, the last podcast oh. on Earth not sponsored by Audible, Naturebox, Squarespace. 
Did you? None of those things. Have you been watching Hulu at all lately? Because I've been watching Adventure Brothers for the Hulu. Hulu will not stop advertising the fact that they can mail women's panties to me. <laughs> so there's this new thing that, like, like if you're a woman, they'll just randomly shotgun you with a box of wonderwear, <laughs> bras, uh-huh. and panties. I don't know if it's, like, match sets or what. You'd think I would know better, considering I keep on getting these Why ads. It, what are you watching? The Hulu thinks well, you're then, a woman. Dylan was laughing at me because she keeps on getting ads for steakhouses. <laughs> and I'm like, how did they get our shit switched? Like, what the there. fuck? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, not that, like, Dylan's a huge, like, lingerie fan or anything, but still. Uh, what the hell are we talking about? Off-world. Uh, yeah, oh, we forgot. Oh, today's also... Super Bowl Sunday. What are we doing? We should have a shtick prepared for Super Bowl Sunday. I've been too busy working late, worshiping I, Lady Worsley. Key and Peele are doing some kind of Super Bowl commentary, but oh, it's yeah. sponsored by Squarespace. That just got me thinking about that. Uh, so, yeah. Where's the kid Man, bowl? I need to see the puppy bowl. Yeah, the puppy the bowl. I was I saw some some video that was behind the scenes of the puppy bowl. It takes them two weeks to edit the puppy bowl, which yeah, I'll believe. Oh, that's a fine idea. Because it's a lot and of They shit. go through so many puppies. It's like Milo and Otis. <gasps> uh... The- Milo and Opus. Um, uh, I can't remember. Keep going. It's uh, been a long day. We, yeah, we've been talking for a while. How you doing? Offworld is over. I didn't. So I knew uh, Offworld just. So Offworld is. Who makes Offworld? Uh, uh, uh. Leah uh, Alexander? Leah, Leah Alexander and. Excuse me, Leah Alexander and Laura Hudson. Yeah. This. Um, this only launched last March, but it was like, was it Boing Boing? That yeah. was Boing Boing. Yeah. Lots of Boing Boing talk. Uh, the, yeah, it was their alts. Was it just. What it was, was dedicated to, to to diverse voices in gaming. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't like necessarily gay or woman or just any kind of like yeah, diverse mm-hmm. voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I feel bad because I never really read that much because I really don't read my, that much about video games on the internet anyway. Because mm-hmm. there's Twitter and NeoGAF. And right, right. If you've got one of those, you don't need really need yeah. to read anything else about anything. But uh, I guess they announced uh, that they're gonna have a Kickstarter for a collection of features from Offworld. Mm-hmm. And also that the Offworld is ending now as a result. It was kind of interesting. They led with the Kickstarter, which is, well, they should. But yeah, yeah, then as a side note, it was like, oh, Offworld hasn't updated in a while. And then uh, Leah, Leah Alexander wrote an article about how she's actually leaving games journalism. Yeah. At least for now. Did she say particularly why? Uh, she says that she's kind of done. You know, there's a thing that happens. And... I was about to say, why do you want... Well, no, no, no. It's, I feel like there's a critical point at which a woman in any sort of like nerd subculture reaches where she's tired of being the woman but in the she room. was like the black widow of uh-huh. the gaming exactly. industry she exactly. was cool because she's she proved that girls can do it it's too. like i have some lady friends in cartoon in, in comics were like i will i refuse to ever be on a diversity panel yeah exactly you're yeah. tired of being a diversity panel yeah, you, you just want to be yourself you don't always have to be the representative face of like some whatever the fuck and also just like sometimes by well it's important to give um a platform to diverse voices just by having this be the platform for diverse voices that in itself no you don't want to be a diverse voice you just want to have your voice it's heard you don't want to be yeah you just want to talk and just yeah, yeah. um man it's a fine line. what do you know about american girls the dolls i was an american girls fan i read i liked the books because the books had um, great illustrations, and they talked about the history. Are these the big dolls you buy in the stores? They yeah. come with the book. They, and they had. I bought the. I had the books. I remember my favorite one was about a girl in England during the Blitz. Okay. My favorite. I can um, we must have. This sounds familiar. We must have talked. This we've, a, we've talked about American Girls because, like, just in the last week, I've heard like girl, American Girls show up on a couple different like like a couple people on Twitter talking about American Girls. Nothing's happened regarding American Girls. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're going out of business and everyone's suddenly talking about them. But just in casual conversation and also Entertainment Weekly, I was pooping and it says, hey, remember remember American Girls? If you're a 20 or 30-something girl, you are undoubtedly a, a, an American girl. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell is this coming in? Man, I saw got an American Girl catalog a couple years ago because they're yeah? still going. And the thing is, is it's intense because it's like you not only have the doll, but you can buy like 
her car, What's her, f- her bed, her kitchenette. Yeah, our know? friend Jamila Lee, she was buying, uh, she bought her think, yeah, daughter an American her, girl. Yeah, and she was catalog. showing the how, like, you can get, like, a photography, like, was like, oh, yeah, it was a photography it thing. It depends you get, on the like, story of You the get character. a model photograph, like, fake old photos, like, in the role of, like, 1940s Kodak film, because I guess the idea of this character is supposed to be from, like, 1950s. Mm-hmm. And, like, another one was, like, a 1950s typewriter. Like, you can go down that rabbit hole, my friend. Like, these are, like, doll-sized, perfectly, like, little uh-huh. props that, like, look, look, look like they're made out of metal and, like, Bill? aged props from, like, you're looking me in the ago. eye. I'm telling you the truth. There is part of me right now as an that adult shit, where I'm like, that is I cool. I saw that and I was <laughs> like, cool shit. fucking A. I want an American <laughs> Part of our brains are like Legos. Yes. Yeah. It's the same sort of shit. Can, you can know? I be a 40-year-old man collecting American girls? <laughs> that, Bill, I think that may be when you're, it's bad enough that you're a 40-year-old <laughs> man who lives in the basement and like with all of his Lego and his Star Wars twist. I think American Doll may be the line that what you should not pro- cross. What if I just buy the prop kits for myself just like i, I want my miniature <laughs> typewriter it is so like the app and, and you know what the quality it's expensive as shit but the i, I work in manufacturing the to manufacture that sort of shit it's difficult like cloth or they're it's like they're usually made of metal oh and god you of, could like, turn you know? those things into sex dolls really easily because they're super stop. small stop you could become bill, the sergeant hatred bill bill <laughs> Bill, this is not one of those things where I say stop and you keep going. Well, it's really I know, funny. I, know. I am looking okay, at you and saying stop. Okay, okay. Speaking of terrible things, a Smithsonian <laughs> guard got fired for fucking a mummy. You think I'm bad? Somebody saw that. This guard, the issue was that the Smithsonian, the mummy exhibit, they noticed that the mummies were being something was they were being disrupted somehow so they set up security cameras and they discovered that the security guard who had been with the smithsonian for so you eight saw this years too? he had been a model employee until he got divorced and they noticed that he was starting to have issues you saw this too i didn't I make didn't this, up. this article because i try to find sources for this because when the headline <laughs> maybe is maybe i read the same article you did though maybe there's no because they had pictures they had pictures so of a somebody's gonna file a lawsuit when they have your photograph being used even for a joke article this dude fucked him up you're going to jail yeah this sounds terrible but I want to believe (laughs) and I showed a picture of the mummy with a hole in its crotch and like I saw people online saying they were so upset because like did he know it was a black male mummy like that's not really besides that's not like that's not not, it's it's not that he's a homosexual I'm pretty sure that that's about the fact that this means he's a homosexual which t- says a lot about our culture doesn't it <laughs> i know exactly the fact that i get feel free to let us know if this is fake if it's a fake it's a magnificent fake they're going to jail because they took some innocent guy's photo and said this dude fucked a mummy actually if they do this again if they if they want to have another sexual deviant uh article feel free to use bill mudrin's picture <laughs> um and also a lady got sucked into a bread making sh- machine in utah why why this is the part of our podcast where Bill just bums me out. <laughs> it's just, it's a we had a we had a potluck on at work on Friday for the Super Bowl, and everybody brought all these snacks and stuff. And somehow we got talking about industrial accidents and how many people have died falling into like corn mills and stuff. Well, that's kind of the thing. Is and like I'm just yeah. like I'm sitting, sitting here going, "Why are we talking about this?" So Bill, thank you um, for <laughs> my. Why are we talking I, about this? I think moment? part of the appeal of that is also like. No matter how bad your job is, there's always a worse job out there. It's true. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Anyway, and, and happier news. <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> you know more about the mummy 
fucking I think I read that whole article and you just saw the headline probably laughed. Is that what happened? I saw, it was one of those ones. I saw the article and I was like, am I hallucinating? Am I willing this into existence? Because it sounds like... Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Nintendo oh. kiboshed its sleep monitoring quality of life hardware development. Even worse, Nintendo's new boss said they <laughs> shut it down a while ago and been waiting for the press or investors to ask about it, but no one did. <laughs> Which is terrible. I feel so bad for them. Well, this is the big thing that even I thought this could, this could herald a whole new... A whole new, like, sea change for Nintendo yeah. if they start, like, yeah. not just games, but, like, trying to help people with life. Well, it's kind of, you could people. argue that that was kind of what the Wii was starting. Yeah. It was about movement. Well, even people, when they first announced this, everyone was like, well, that's, like, the Fitbit, right? And Nintendo's like, wait, what? <laughs> they're like someone invented this already and so it's not like really surprising that again yeah. now years later they're like eh, then we Goodbye. yeah we could not find a new yeah they kind of ate our lunch on that one i yeah. guess which that sounds like that may have been what happened yeah. but yeah the, the, this, this is new noteworthy just for the fact that like this this <laughs> initiative from this oh, company boy. that could have been industry changing yeah they, they had to come out and say yeah we, we yeah we had a press release about this just in case anyone asked but I guess we'll bring it up now. Yeah. <laughs> just because, yeah. Just, oh, boy. Got That's nothing awkward. Else to talk. Yeah, it really is. That's like, really awkward. <laughs> oh, man. Chris Sanders is this little storybook slash slapdown of Disney from a 1989 uh, hit the internet. Yeah, I'll post a link to this in the show notes. Did you? I sent a link to this to I you did. last night on the yeah. show notes. So, it's not that interesting other than the fact that it's a known industry uh, uh, film director having essentially poked fun heartlessly at Disney 25 years ago. Well, yeah, what was really interesting is that it was, um, it was made for a, uh, there was a conference that all the, it sounds like all the big wigs at Disney went to, like a, what's it called? A retreat. Yeah. And uh, the idea was, I guess this was like right around the same time uh, the uh, Little Mermaid was coming out. Yeah. Yeah. 1989. The idea was anyone could submit like their thoughts on the state of the company and that everyone would read it and talk about it and blah, blah, blah. And so he, to make his stand out a little bit, did a little storybook and uh, photocopies of this leaked out into the world. And apparently he says in his uh, explanation that uh, they would even show up in other industries, like yeah. other, it would be like a thing. That... Cause he wrote like this like, little multi-page thing about how it, the euphemism he used was like, there's this little bear man who owns an airplane factory. It's and a how... weird metaphor and it kind of falls it's apart. It's kind of belabored. Yeah. But uh, I just love it. at some point he's like, you know what's the worst thing about the auto the the airplane industry writers yeah i know it's just like okay <laughs> so yeah chris sanders he's the guy who made lalo and stitch yeah got kicked off making air um, was it american dog was there or lightning or what the hell yeah, was the bolt bolt that's what into. it got turned into yeah. yeah he's most famous for lalo and stitch and drawing mm-hmm. ladies with titties on top of titties he talked in his indirect introduction and i didn't know this he was the lead story designer for mulan I can kind of see that because everyone's kind of kind of lumpy face. I mean, it's not so much. It's a, it, he was store. He was like doing storyboards and stuff. It's not design. He said, "P.S. Get, make it so everyone's got like titties on top of titties." Yes. Super nipples. And then he went on to do Adventure Brothers. With super nipples. He actually does his. <laughs> Bill's joke is true. There are a few notebook like sketchbooks that he's really released, and these women with like these these uh, air like water balloon titties no that's not even, like bowling ball titties yeah with nipples well, resting on top so yeah well it's the idea that there are no one in chris sanders world has like rigid n- nipples they always have the big poofy areola which are essentially tiny miniature tits but it's on like top of the already on tits top. yeah so on top of the titty it's like you know those like pyramids stuffed pyramids in mesoamerica <laughs> it's kind of like that but titty form which that happens some it's ladies have tits yes, where they got the big poofy just... nipples but yeah all but of no, those women not, do shape that i object to is the placement <laughs> that it's like that it's like these women if they just lean forward a little bit they can boop their nipple 
with their nose. Because their nipples, you know? like, just not even their, you know, because, like, <laughs> boobs, they, they move independently. Yeah. Other, but th- th- these women have, their nipples are moving independently of, like, the rest of the breast. So, like, you have two breasts and, like, the nipples are kind of, like, doing this majestic dance against, yeah, it's it's a hell of a thing. It's just g- re- gently resting atop. Imagine if someone put a, um, It's like a fleshy teacup over your, over your tits. And what if those teacups suddenly became flesh? It's... Imagine if someone put a, um, uh, what's it called? The little jelly candy. They're kind of shaped like, like a Rolo, I should say. Imagine someone put a Rolo on top of your tits and they had to place it in such a way that it wouldn't fall over. Like think of that placement. Well, that's the thing, because the are big too, but in the areola, there's a whole, yeah, it's a whole, yeah. I like, you object to the shape. I object to the placement. (laughs) There's so much on the back here. Yeah. We're more worried about this than anything you drew in 1989 (laughs) making fun of Disney. Oh, he man. also draws cute animals, which is part of the story too, oh, yeah, so that works so. out. Uh, and lastly, oh. uh, they uh, Lego unveiled the new Ghostbusters sets, including Bill Notes, the first black woman in Lego form he can remember ever seeing. Yeah, so this is Lego sets for the new Ghostbusters. Yeah, movie. I was when I heard, when I when I saw on Twitter someone retweeted, it was like, oh yeah, Lego Ghostbusters. I assumed I was like, oh, the firehouse. Was yeah, done really exactly. Well. Yeah, but no, yeah, it's for the new Ghostbusters. Oh, that used to be in the same because it's new Ecto One, which yeah. seems like that could like I wonder would they. Have they show, said anything about them filming? Because I wonder if you could like take the new go like if like there's anything in the movie that takes place like like would in they the take current... would would they take over the old firehouse and like oh, now you can make like a so. girl friendly. That's pretty cute. Firehouse. The set does include a spoiler though. I was like I was like wow this is being passed around pretty freely. Oh I did see because there's yeah, a thing again. Yeah. Who was the fifth figure in that set? I was like yeah, fuck exactly, you. Yeah. I didn't. And that also not surprising. Yeah. I was like, as soon as I heard that casting. I like, thought it was going to be a thing, but, but yeah, no, I, no, I was sitting there looking at that. I was like, that is, I can't remember seeing a black lady Lego minifigure mm-hmm. before. And uh, a friend of mine on Twitter pointed out, I guess there was a Star Wars Jedi mm. who got turned into Lego, but that's, is, this is the second female uh, black Lego lady. I know I've seen Grant, a There's not a lot of black Lego people. I think there was a Storm Lego, unless that was a fan creation. I've seen really? enough, I've seen enough so they, fan they do, creations. Were they that... doing the X-Men movies? Uh, no, but they do have, they have like the whole Marvel and DC. Sets. Oh, that's right. Cause I forgot because the, yeah, they have the toy license, which means they can make uh character. Yeah. They can make uh mini figures out of any of the characters. doesn't worry. They don't have to worry if they're the, if they're in the movies. Yeah. Or it's not necessarily related to, I may, I may have be thinking of a, f- a fan creation. No, no, there is a Lego storm, Lego storm, X-Men minifigure. Oh, really? Okay. So, okay. So at least we, you could, there's maybe been enough Lego female but black no, characters. It's that... notable that that's it. You know, Lego uh-huh. is. <laughs> Oh my right. pants! Oh <laughs> no, my pants just broke. Bill just opened his cinnamon roll. Oregon. Now that we ran to the podcast, that was, our la- <laughs> that was our last piece of news. We could treat ourselves to cinnamon bun Oreos. Man, I just I saw just smell them. Mm, they're Come. like Scooby snacks. I'm not talking about Lego. Yet. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, I was really excited because I saw one of the Lego blogs I followed this week. The guide to feeling the new Lego minifigure series. I think it's Lego series 15. <laughs> to oh. feeling which parts are which. I'm sad because all the figures I want are more rare. So what's the new? So is it is it the Halloween stuff with season fourteen that just yes, left shelves? That's correct. So what are like what are the new? This like series, it's another random series. Um, they do a thing where they'll often do partners for earlier characters. So there's a queen for the earlier king, which kind of makes sense because after a while you kind of kind of run out of yeah. ideas. So yeah, there's a person in a shark outfit. Was there's, there a shark before? Well, no, but there's been people in a pig outfit. Oh, there's another, always like going to be the cute animal outfit. There's oh, there's an Indian. Outfit. 
Yeah, there's a Native American American, American, American Yes, Bill, you go ahead. I'm name. not describing. I'm I just want. I just want to change my. I I said Indian. I just caught myself. I won't say Native American. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, it's just. It looks like a fun series. <gasps> there's a farmer with I, I No, I really want the farmer. His hat looks like a discreet hat. Yeah. Oh, there's really a moon guy. Yeah. Oh, the night I can. Uh huh. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff in this series. Oh, uh, the Queen Lady does look the queen pretty looks cool. Great. Oh, there is like like a black widow. What the hell? There's like a she's a cat builder? burglar. It's a bodybuilder and a diaper. There's a ninja. Oh, he's supposed to be a wrestler, I think. As a wrestler, and it's a kendo fighter. I love that you're looking at pictures and probably descriptions, and I know from memory. I know what exactly. These are. There's a zoo lady with the skunk. Yes, I'm excited. I want the skunk. The skunk is gonna be good for Benton. Man, that farmer cracks me up. This farmer's great. He's a little pig. He's that's great. great. Said the little pig should be really easy to find. It, well, also the pig yes. part too. Got well, that was the thing. That's what I read. The pig the could pig. be deceptive. That actually should. Be. I'm really. Excited for the Saturn because we'll be able to make an Annie figure. I'm really excited about that. I love the idea that if you were a half animal, you'd be like of a course. Well, I'd probably yeah. be a Minotaur, but that's not as compelling visually. So, yeah. well, well, couldn't you just be a, a, a Satyr Minotaur? Well, a Minotaur usually has a a, a bull head and bull legs. Why would you be a, a Minotaur? Torso. Wouldn't you just be like a cow? From, wouldn't you just be a cow from the waist down? That'd be like a centaur. That's what I'm saying. We could still be this a satyr. Do you have to be a goat to be a satyr? Or do you, you have, have animal you legs? You have goat legs and horns. But can't you just be why a cow? Just because you got big boobs? No. Is that the minotaur thing? Boobs. Why are you saying minotaur then? I would be. I would want to be a minotaur, but I know I'm a satyr. Really? You want you want an animal head, or you just want to be tough? Uh both. See, that'd be scary because what happens if you get turned into minotaur and then you got like cow brains? <laughs> That is my number one concern when you this happens. You still kind of think like Annie, but then you're also like, you man, you know what? Taking a poop on the floor right here sounds and like you a good idea. you know what? I gotta be honest with you. My brain is not been a happy place. Being an <laughs> animal doesn't sound bad. <laughs> Food, Aww. sleep, fuck. That sounds like pretty straightforward <sighs> and appealing right now. Yeah. It's like you got someone to clean out your pen for you every exactly. once in a while. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, what parts do you have as a satyr? What's the... What's the like you do, have, so, do you have the ears and the horns? Yeah, you have. Sometimes they have human ears. Sometimes they have like goat ears. Yeah, and, yeah, the, and the only reason I ask, because like I've seen, I've seen a lot, like, like maybe women drawing s- like satyrs of themselves seems to be a thing I've been seeing online a lot lately. So I don't know if there's a specific like any satyr formula you were looking for. I, I mean, I haven't put a lot of thought to it. So yeah. like I have a satyr sona or something, yeah. you know. But uh, but yeah, the ears and horns and the hooves. Yeah, and everything like yeah, that. Hooves. yeah. Hooves. I could tell also kind of like working in the her like the hairiness, like her suitness kind of yeah, kind of yeah, works out. Yeah. Like Get that. a little yeah. beard going. Do yeah. you get extra boobs? I have not put thought into it. I that's would a, not be that's, into extra. That's boobs. one of the terrible things, though, because you become a minotaur, you might actually end up with like yeah. I'm just saying. Two, well, no, they don't have because you have one. Are you just from the head up or one? from waist up? <laughs> You know, I've never seen a lady minotaur before. I don't know. You Maybe see, that's what I'm asking as a female minotaur. You gotta, would you have both breasts and the nutter? Which is which would be worse, having four breasts or having a cow why udder? Would you, why would you have four breasts? Is it because an udder has four teeth? Yeah, that's what is I'm that assuming, your yeah. Is that how it works? Thing. But instead, you'd think you'd have one boob with four nipples on it. That would be the equivalent. Well, that's an udder, though, right? <laughs> We're asking the important questions here on the boy. Is it better to have two breasts and just grow, like, two nipples on each... <laughs> you think that maybe that's three split the difference? Annie, for your birthday, you know Bl- Blade of Birthday Girls, I will draw you a picture of him as a minotaur with. F- <laughs> for all my idle thoughts about Saturn's minotaur, I have never answered these questions. Annie, I will hire, I will commission Chris Sanders to draw you as a minotaur for your birthday. You will have 
When I think of lady minotaurs, I think of mostly the classic Fantasia lady minute or or lady uh, satyrs, I should say, which is they got normal goat legs. That's interesting to think of. I see like pictures on Tumblr where everyone's kind of like making themselves a little grotesque, but I I think it's kind of interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, it's all when you've envisioned yourself as a monster. Well, see, this 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 this, that was kind of my like part of my question was I didn't know if you were trying to go for like kind of grotesque any like a monster lady or if it was going to be like sexy. Yeah, be really like Lola Bunny levels. Well, you know, well, that's, you know, what's sexy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that Lola Bunny is so sexy, but she is literally just bugs and drag. Which made into a canonical thing. Bugs and drag is like bugs and drag. That's not, it's not like bugs. Yeah, no. No, There are episodes of of Looney Tunes where bugs and drag is sexy. No, that's what people pointed out. And they said if you're going to have a lady Bugs Bunny, it should be what Bugs and Drag looks like. It shouldn't be like, hi boys, I'm Lola (laughs) Bunny. But she's literally just Bugs Bunny with tits and like. Does she have, like, a bow in her hair so you know you can have a bow in her There is a point where Bill Murray just shows up and calls her boy bunny and calls Bugs Bunny boy. No, it calls her girl bunny. He's boy. He doesn't even remember their names enough. That sounds Hey, girl bunny, you go do this. Yeah. Um, Lola bunny. Lola bunny. She's kind of pink and stuff, too. Yeah, I can't remember her design. Oh, excuse me. She has her ears are kind of like in a ponytail. Is that what it was? Yeah, because I I know she doesn't have like big lips or anything like that. So there's nothing. I'm sure she's got eyelashes. Man, as someone who has to draw like sometimes design characters for like kid friendly stuff when you're supposed to take like an inanimate object or something or Mm -hmm. an animal and try to denote that it's female without resorting to we're going to do the Pac-Man thing and put a bow in its hair. And give it eyelashes. Yeah. Like that can be, I mean, you can do things with the shape of the eyes and stuff like, but yeah, that's when you have to get down like scientific, like what, like what makes something look female without like make putting it in a dress or something. Yeah. It's always a a sticky wicket. (sighs) Yeah. Which is, it's actually an interesting challenge, but it is really makes you think about like trying to be progressive and thinking about gender identifiers and stuff I just like that. love I will never forget we were in the movie theater once and there was a big poster for Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2 <laughs> and the girl Chihuahua had luscious eyelashes that's what I'm saying just so you can know fuckable I think eyelashes she was also, even though it's an actual dog I'm pretty <sighs> sure she was also wearing like a skirt or something if you're a satyr <laughs> yes Bill does that mean you go into heat you have you're that's... acting like the fizzy like that's what I'm saying Oh. I'm just picturing you wake up tomorrow and suddenly you got goat parts. How do like I'm, I'm, do goats go into heat? Do they? I think I do. you're ask. I don't know about the goat estrus cycle. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think like this is why I grew up for, like watching like American Werewolf in London like body okay. horror stuff. Okay. Yeah. I don't want this to be the last thing we talked about here on this Boy Heady podcast. Yeah, no, uh, this is my parting thought for you. One thing I've been obsessed with over the last week. I randomly thought of this and I just pitched it to my wife. And uh-huh. My wife just rolled her eyes at me as well as she should. <laughs> I ask y'all during the next week to think about an idea. And this idea is, uh, as y'all know, I've talked about this at length in the podcast. Lady Hawk is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a goofy movie. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, A Lady Hawk video game. Think about how cool a Lady Hawk video game would be. The story of Lady Hawk is um, you have a character. You want who is people a thief. to submit their ideas for just, what a just game would be. Think about it. Okay. If you have thoughts, you know, have somebody available. Just think about it. Thief character who's you know underpowered and like stealthy and all that. And stuff. I forgot there's a third character in that. I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, meets a, huh. a knight with a hawk, and the hawk uh, when 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 you have uh, during the day, and the knight the knight becomes a wolf. And the hawk becomes a woman. I'm just picturing the first thing that, when, like, the day after they realize they t- trade places, like, the knight goes, 
Hey, did you have estrus? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> you, And with that, everybody, thanks. No, thanks. but like, so what, yeah, what no, do you guys think no, about this? It's too late. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> this was the Boy Howdy Podcast. See, mine would just be I'm Animal Crossing. That's that whenever you log into your game, your character is either a hawk. Oh, my Lucy Worsley <laughs> serenity has been obliterated by the course of this podcast. You're the right person to ask about this. I, uh, we are Boy Howdy podcast.com at boy Heidi podcast on what twitter what if she's laying an egg at sunset how do you how do you this is how I'm thinking about this stuff we'll be back next week to talk about more pop culture bullshit take care guys bye